What's up, up witches? Ah, yes, I think we did it. I think no, we did it. We didn't. I'm almost positive. I'm no, almost we positive never actually we get it perfectly in sync, unless we're in the same room. Well, which... and that, that doesn't happen. What's up, witches? We Hello. are uh, back in June. Yes. yes. For our next show, this is uh, Firelight. And I'm Velma Nightshade. Stop it. And I'm Velma Nightshade. (laughs) Not not that weird voice that was just there. We are back to bring the wisdom of the ages to you, our dear witches. Because Uh we do know all. We see all. We wash ourselves with all. (laughs) We bullshit all. Yes, 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 yes. That would be us. Welcome, welcome, witches. This is The Newbie Show. Yep. Is this episode 13? Sure. I don't know. Let me check. No, really. I think it is. I was just looking at the listing. Not that I paid attention. Be interesting for just a second while I Google. Yes, it is. It's episode 13. Really? It is. Welcome to lucky episode 13. That means this episode will go off without hit. That's why we were in sync, because it's lucky episode 13. Yes, because the last episode was in April. (laughs) Well, you know, we just decided before we actually upgraded the show. Oh, by the way, you should all be able to download this in June, by the way, all at the same time. Yes, the big problem in May was that, well, the big problem has been um, we're just too darn popular for our own good. (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. And the rioters and the brujas are just too mighty of a force for one tiny Podbean account. So we've been trying to upgrade. And finally, thanks to some uh, really generous donations uh, mm-hmm. on the parts of both of our listenerships, yep. um, memberships, lis- whatever, listeners, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listeners. Right. Uh, on the parts of, of uh, both of our audiences. You that- guys. Yes, you all, the witches, the witches. The witches. Um, there were, uh, we were able to upgrade the account. So now we can get back to our monthly episodes and you will actually be able to download it without any problem, I hope. Yes. Unless we are just that popular that we need to upgrade to like some super mega worldwide account. I can't believe we're going to have to get our own satellite radio station. I of, just don't believe that. Well, I, you know, we are in talks with the XM folks. We are actually... See, I prefer Sirius. That, that's where the hangup is. See, uh, see and that's the issue. The we, we can't decide which multi-million dollar contract we want. So, yeah. of course, being the good pagans, we are eschewing money in uh, exchange for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, if I had a contract with a multi-million dollar um, payment, I'd be out here. Salem West, honey. <laughs> I would be so out of here so on, fast. On to Salem West. Um, all right, witches, this is the newbie show. Um, we have been, uh, really, the last 12 episodes, we have been talking about some very, you know, adult, for lack of a better term, some very adult, very grown-up, very mature pagan topics. You know, we've defined well, paganism, we've talked oh, about no. Christo-paganism, we've talked about magic, We've talked about, you know, uh, what it means to be pagan or magic. We've talked about um, uh, coming out of the room closet and and pagan etiquette in episode 10. (laughs) Since I had that up, I know the episode. Uh Um, You know, we've talked about some serious stuff, but we forgot about the newbies. We've not yet talked to our newbie, our baby pagans. 
Well, we didn't forget about them. We've we just, just not spoken to them or about well, them or for them. Not specifically. No. no. And I think that even with the more advanced content that, that we've been doing, which I will put a caveat on and say off and on, it's been more advanced. <laughs> there have been moments when we have sunk back to we, basics. We've, but we've had moments, and usually those... It, those moments come at the last half hour of the show. <laughs> but you know, I but I generally I think, you know, you don't have to cater to new people to have new people benefit from what you're saying. Even if you may, may not get all of it right away, you can't necessarily follow the whole thing. You can still learn from it, but I do think that it's important that there be some material that is geared towards people who are newer to the path or newer to the community. Um just because, I mean, everybody needs more help at that point, right. I think. Because, I mean, with the exception of 101 books, of which there are a plethora, most of which are crap, as yes. we all know. Um, there's not a lot of newbie pagan podcast content. Most of the podcasting stuff is a little bit more advanced, which mm -hmm. I think is wonderful. It's great. But... There's a lot of newbie pagans. Yes, there are a lot of newbie pagans. And so this show is for you. But for those of you that have been on your path, 5, 10, 15, 87 years like Velma. Um, you, Thanks. You that can, makes me feel I, really old. I think that you can't. Well, you're immortal. Whatever. Oh, um, thanks. You, I, I think that this is also, uh, you know, kind of sometimes going back through that newbie 101 material sometimes can be a good refresher. It can be good, a good reminder of maybe, you know, how to do things a little bit differently, how to do things a little bit more simply, how to do things, you know, just in a different way. It's, it's nice sometimes to take that, take a step back, take a fresh perspective on your craft and, and go from there. Well, and you know, Firelight, and some of the people listening may know too, that, I will read a 101 book still to this day. Now, there is one that just recently came out that I flipped through in the store that I did not buy. I know. I know. It's a shocker. Um, but I finally went, okay, yeah, I'm kind of done with it. But I have consistently over the last 13, 14 years read 101 books, not because I have to read that purple equates to wisdom 47 million times <laughs> to understand it. But just because each author has their own sort of perspective and they have their own way of doing things. So I still find value in that. Even well, it's though kind a of lot like podcasts. I mean, yeah. a lot of people around Halloween will talk about, you know, the same kinds of topics. We'll talk about, you know, ghosts or death or reincarnation or, you know, magic or dark gods or something like that. But, you know, everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Everybody says it a little bit differently. And, you know, we all still listen to everyone else's podcast. So it's nice to get those different voices. Yeah. But let's jump right in to the newbie show. Oprah's gone. So somebody has to make that voice. Um, <laughs> so you have decided that you are going to be a pagan. No I matter, have? No matter what your age, you know, you are 16 and, y you know, you've just watched one too many Charmed reruns on TBS and you thought, hey, well, hey, that's don't, for don't me. Be, don't be knocking Charm now. And, you know, or, you know, you're 47 years old and you're just done with whatever path or non-path you've been on and you thought, hey, I think I'll give this a try. So, or you're 112 and Athena just showed up at your doorstep. <laughs> Welcome to the path. You never know. <laughs> your membership packet is in the mail, and uh, your personal invitation to Velma's fireside is also uh, coming to your inbox. <laughs> um, the one very first thing that you should do is stop. <laughs> Don't 
go overboard because the one thing that happens every time a person, pagan or not, new pagan, old pagan, Buddhist, Taoist, or just regular old plain white soccer mom, the uh, uh, the one thing that people do when they get a new shiny is they freak out over the new shiny. And they start wanting to show everybody the new shiny, and they start wanting to spend all their time with the new shiny. And, you know, in the case of the new shiny being your pagan practice, sometimes that that going overboard with the new shiny is, I have to change the way I dress, I have to listen to all new music, I have to just completely immerse myself in this culture, and I have to tell absolutely everybody in the free world and everybody in my vicinity whether or not they want to know all about my new shiny. Okay, I will say, though... Okay... Don't feel like you have to do that. But I totally understand the excitement of the new shiny. And I am all for the excitement of the new shiny. What you need to understand is that other people may not understand the new shiny. Mm -hmm. But if you want to run out and buy all the stuff and get all the new music and do all the new, you know, and what, if you want to, that's fine. But don't feel like you have to. That was, that was my downfall was I read Wicca by Scott Cunningham and went, oh my God, I have to have all these tools and I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do all of this stuff to be legitimate. And and so I went out and bought all the stuff and did all that, you know, all the everything that you you think you have to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. Well, and, and really my going overboard here is showing everybody the new shiny. I mean, everybody, whether or not they well, are yes. ready to understand that, you know, go out and buy the things that you want to buy. And we'll get to that in two seconds. But, um, you know, go out and buy the things you want to buy. Go out and do the things for yourself that you feel yes. will make you more comfortable on your new path. Like I said, welcome. We're very yes. welcoming here. Welcome. Yes. Welcome, welcome new witch. Um you know, but don't go rubbing it in everybody's face that you have a new shiny because the problem is, you know, uh, gosh, when's the last time I had a new shiny? <laughs> my, my new iPhone, my iPhone, I got an iPhone 4. And the first thing you want to do is show everybody that you have an iPhone 4. And then you want to rub it in the people's faces that still have an iPhone 3 <laughs> that you now have an iPhone 4 and whoop-de-doo for you and See, la 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 la. I and, didn't do that when I got my iPhone 4. No, but I did it to you, so you knew not to do it. Well, no, you did it to me, and I just find that really obnoxious. <laughs> and it's not the kind of thing that I do, but but I mean, to each their own, you know. But again, you know, you don't want to become obnoxious. You don't well, want... Well, and, and paganism is not a gadget. It's no, not, it's not. It's not something to show off. And really, honestly, part of the reason, at least why I'm agreeing with you, I don't know if this is why you're saying it, but part of the reason is that there are so many people who do not have a clue what any of this is about. And if you go waving your new shiny paganism in their face and they ask questions, you are either going to feel stupid, look stupid, or be stupid. Probably so, all three of those things, especially <laughs> if you are brand new to the path. Yes, which probably is, all Which three. is why my one big note underneath don't go overboard is before you start telling people, I mean, unless you and your good friend who just decided her name is Selena Moonflower... Um, you know, unless you two have decided to go on your journey of paganism together, then obviously you, you've you already kind of had your built-in social group. You, you have your built-in pagan community or, you know, a tiny bit thereof. But before well, you start unless, telling unless you, people... Yeah, people on the whole who are not in the pagan community. Right. Before you yeah. start telling people, I would say give yourself a year. 
give yourself a good solid year and that will will kind of assure yourself of a few things. A, within that year, you've been very excited about your new shiny and you've gone out and read books and you've gone out and gotten stuff and you've gone out and learned a few things. So that maybe in a year from now, A, you'll be one year older, you'll be that much more mature, you'll be that much more able to have a mature conversation with somebody when and if you're ready to, to tell them that you're pagan. Um, and, you, you know, you will sound much more intelligent and much more uh, and be much more apt and able to answer their questions when they do have them. If you've been yeah. pagan for three weeks and you start telling mom and dad who didn't know that you were anything but the good choir boy, then all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of questions asked of you and you're probably not going to have all of those answers. Right. So welcome to the pagan witchy community slow your Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you were yeah. talking about, you know, going out and buying all of the stuff and going out and doing all of those things. So let's talk about buying stuff from the newbie perspective, you know, okay. because you go out and you start getting books. And, you know, the one thing that everybody starts doing is they go and they always dress very casually. They, they dress in their old Navy jeans and their, their hoodie, even though it's July and it's 97 degrees, they're going over to Barnes and Noble can I just say yes. quick interjection here? It mm. is June. I wore a sweater today and I've been cold all day. Well, it's this flooded weather, here, so wah. This weather is crazy. It was 106 degrees here on Monday. Yeah. It is now 62 for a high today. It, this is insane. Where okay, is Lane? Sorry. Where is Lane when you need her? I know, right? She's Seriously. supposed to be in charge of the weather. I Somebody call it. New World Witchery and tell them we want our good weather back. Now, I do not want the 106 back. No. Just, just throwing that out there. But, you know, seasonal <laughs> Lane, if you're listening, a good yeah. 80 degrees would be <laughs> that nice. That would be fine. I'd 80, be good with that. 80 would be fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and you're heading out to the Barnes & Noble or to the Books A Million or, you know, your bookstore of choice, and you're going and hunting for that new age section. Yes. And you go and you look and you you try and find some books and you found a book and it's the best witchy Wicca 101, Pagan 101 book that you could find. Insert Technicolor Sparrow Bear name here with, you know, strange, <laughs> creepy title name author guy here, you know, title here. Yes. And you're reading it and it tells you that to be the best witchy, shiny, black hat pagan you can be, you need... An athame and a bell and a censer and a salt shaker and a cauldron a and, and a, a cauldron. chalice and an altar tile that yes. is hand forged by yes. someone named Sven in Sweden. Yes, because all altar <laughs> tiles should be forged by Sven in Sweden. Yes. By the way, when you say Sven in Sweden, you always want to say Sven in Sweden, not Sweden. But. <laughs> Yes, you know, but you have, you, you have to have all this, and you have to have the big leather-bound grimoire yes, that you write everything. Yes, you have to have the wand, a, and you have to have at least yes. these 16 crystals to get you started with your stone collection and, and this collection of 10 of herbs. And candles of every color under the yes. flippant sun. And yes. you are not a good pagan or a good witch until you have those things. Yes, and it's not true. It, it, first of all, it's not true. No. But second of all, there is something to be said for having some stuff. Yes. There is something to be said for having some stuff and setting up your own little place, even if it's a corner, even if it's a shelf on your bookshelf, a little place where when you're standing in front of it, when you're sitting in front of it, when you're around it, you're in your own little witchy space. I would say, though, what is more important than rushing out and buying something 
as far as like altar tools, mm-hmm. pretty much any altar tool you can substitute with something that you already have. And that's what we're getting to. Well, but my point would be before you run out and buy stuff, don't just run out and buy anything because you have to have a blank, mm-hmm. right? Don't run out and buy a goblet because you have to have a chalice. Mm-hmm. Wait for the right one. Mm-hmm. Because I ran out and bought all the tools, right? Everything that Scott Cunningham says you have to have, I ran out and bought. I use to this day, none of them. Because I was so anxious to run out and have one that I didn't wait for the right one to come along. And I have a chalice and I have an athame and I have, you know, I have these things, but they have been collected over time as I have found exactly the right thing. And I wasted money and I wasted time and energy grabbing one because I had to have one Mm -hmm. instead of just improvising until I, until the right one came along. And, And, and I agree with that. And I do. Um, but just for a moment, let's say that we're speaking to the newbie pagan that is 17. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, you know, may live in a dorm room. Or that may live in a situation where, you know, they want some stuff now just to have their own little personal space. Some stand-in things until the yeah. universe grants them their crystal-covered chalice. Mm-hmm. You know, until the universe grants them their all of their tools that they are supposed to have. Because you're right. You know, there's a wand that uh, my partner got me. Um, you know, it, it's beautiful. It has crystals on it. It has symbols of the goddess and things on it. It's very pretty. Um, but for the very longest time, I used a wand that I made. I mean, it was a, a, a stick. Mm-hmm. Which That's know, what a wand that's is. That's what a people. wand is. It's a stick. Yep. Um, you know, it was a stick that I carved and I kind of singed the end of it because I like fire and I kind of thought that, you know, it'd be nice to have fire and stuff. And it, it has kind of a nice handle to it, even though I just carved that part out of the bark and everything. But it, you know, and it works. And I still to this day find myself using it because I made it and I feel very connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, there there is something to be said for still, you know, you're having your new shiny. You are the newbie pagan. You want some things. Where should you go to get some of those things? And goodwill. Do what? Goodwill. Goodwill. Goodwill is a very good place to start. Goodwill. Uh, you know, go go Goodwill shopping. Go garage sale hopping. Garage sales. Oh go yes. Go do some of that and make yourself a list. Now, you, anybody ever see the movie Bring It On? Just me. Sadly, yes. With the cheerleaders. Hey, okay. I'm... And the spirit stick. Yes, I've seen it. Um, okay. I'm in... not proud to admit it, but I've seen it. In the mo- in the great work of American <laughs> no, cinema. No, no, no. You can't. No, don't build it up Paul, like that. Paul, bring it on. They hire a guy named Sparky Palastri. And Sparky Palastri, and I'm very <laughs> sad. I, I'm not names. sad. I'm proud that I know the guy's name. Sparky Palastri is supposed to whip these cheerleaders into shape. And Sparky Palastri says, okay. Take what you ate today and divide that in half. This is called a diet. You should be on one. Okay. Take what the book says you need to have and divide that by like a third. Well, I I would put a different spin on it. Okay. I would say, okay, take everything that the book says you need to have. Do a couple of rituals before you buy anything, improvising with stuff around the house. Figure out what it is that you actually use. Mm-hmm. Because I bought a bell. Ask me if I have ever in my life Hold used on. a bell oh. in a ritual. 
I've got a bell. The answer is no. I've got a bell. You know what it does? You know it's it's super magical job. It holds your altar down. It sits my <laughs> sits on my altar. Yeah, but it exactly. sounds pretty. I mean. It sounds very pretty. Um, But this is my point, because there are tools that other people find incredibly useful that they say, oh, this is an essential tool for you to have. Well, if I'm calling archangels or something, I think, you know, a bell in that instance might be a thing. If I'm, if I'm summoning something on, in a regu- on a regular basis, if I'm pa- practicing Gnostic Christianity or, you know, but I'm see, working with... Is, but, but that's my point. Right. I don't do that. That does not work is, for me. Yeah, figure out what it is that you need for what your practice is going to be. And that's not to say that it's not going to evolve, because it will. It will change over time. You'll discover that, well, you know, I don't really use a wand for anything. I use my athame for everything. Well, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But, you know, figure out what it is that you think you are actually going to need for what your practice is going to be. Then make your list of those things and start looking for them. And I will say there have been times whenever, you know... I've started off using anathema and I'll use anathema for a couple of years. And then, you know, I really kind of came back and did my, you know, the do the stuff challenge recently. And I found I'm not really using my anathema as much. I'm back, you know, I'm, I'm using my wand and I'm, uh, you know, I'm really, so you'll find that the tools that you use kind of wax and wane over time as, as you know, the things that you're using them for, the things that you're doing change. But, you know, uh, what, what I'm, what I think we're both trying to say is that you do not need as many things as the book says that you need. No, you don't. And and really, even though the book kind of says, or even the books, even though the books kind of make it out to be, you need those things. The people that wrote those books know that you don't need those things. Yes, they they are like Homer Simpson would say about stoplight uh, stoplights. They're just suggestions. <laughs> they are just suggestions. <laughs> they're not hard and fast rules. You do not have to have those things. I like to go on record as saying I disagree with that, but okay. <laughs> About the stoplights, not about the tools. No, I know. That's why I said why Homer Simpson would say that. Um, but anyways, so, you know, what you may need is, is a cauldron. And a, you may be very water-based, goddess-based or something. And for you, a cauldron might work and a chalice might work. And, a, you know, some silver candles may be all you need on your altar. And that's all you're ever really going to use. So just get those couple of things. Velma's right. You know, try a few things out of the book. See what it is that you'd like to be using. And then go on a hunt for those. Yes. Obviously, free is best. You know, if if you're still living at your parents' house, there may be all sorts of things in the attic or the garage that have lost their use for years even gone if by. You're not, even if you're not living at your parents' house, there is stuff in my basement that I have not seen in years and years and years. And there's probably some wonderful stuff down there i have no idea <laughs> i couldn't tell you the, we we actually stored the ark of the covenant down there unbeknownst to you oh okay that's what, that big box, that's what the big box in the corner is that mm-hmm. smokes every once yeah. in a while okay yeah. just check it marked please do not touch except on 2012 oh so i get to end the world in yes yes so oh, we get to blame oh, you that is so cool yes um so okay i am gonna pimp out a book real quick called uh, The Small Town Pagan Survival Guide by the late Bronwyn Forbes. She was a brilliant woman, wrote a lot of phenomenal articles on Witchvox, which, lucky for, uh, you know, the fact that it was on Witchvox, those are all free. You can download them. You can print them off. You can keep them forever. In addition to owning The Small Town Pagan Survival Guide, How to Thrive in Any Community. She has a phenomenal chapter uh, uh, called The Discount Superstore Altar. 
And I will just say this is kind of unprecedented because I do not have this book yet. I have not seen it. I know nothing about it. Well, I've seen the cover of it. Thanks, Amazon showed me that. <laughs> but but this is this is you know all about this book and I don't, and I'm very weirded out by that. I am in love with this book. And I am in love with this book for a very specific reason because this is the one one book that I have been waiting on so that I could recommend it to people that have asked me what the best one one book is to get. Because but it's a very different one one book. It's a very different one one book because it's not just, okay, here's what Wicca is or here's what, you know, being a pagan is. Here is a, a basic breakdown of what the, the various elements are in charge of. Here are some color and stone and herb correspondences. And here's here a half the, a book of spells. And here are the tools. And here are yeah, the Yeah, here's an introduction to the and, tools. Yeah. It's, not just, it's not an introduction to magic. It's an introduction to being a pagan. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not necessarily a 101 book. Like, it's not, you know, it was not written with the intention of, it was written with the intention of, you know, how to kind of survive in the pagan community. Welcome to the pagan community. Here's how to thrive. So maybe it's not a 101 book. It's a beginner book. It's a, it's a, it is a beginner book. Um, but it's, but like 101 in, involves like text, it implies like textbookishness. Right. This, and it, it's a beginner book. It, it is, it is still written on a beginner level. So I, I highly recommend it for everybody, but I will say I have gotten a lot out of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's also reminded me of some phenomenal things. So I, I recommend, this is the hex riotous segment. <laughs> The Small Town Pagan Survival Guide, uh, How to Thrive in Any Community by Bronwyn Forbes. I, th- I think it's 10 bucks online. If, if it's not that, it's not much more or much yeah, less. It's, it's not very much. It's something around there. So, you know, get it at your local witchy shop. I'm sure it's there. Uh, get it uh, at Amazon.com. But also go to Witchvox, search up Bronwyn Forbes, um, and, and look up her articles because they, you, they are all worth a read. Um, but and she I'm actually, so sad that she died. I I'm know. Well, so I was actually going to have her on my died. show. I was going to have her on my show, and and then she got very sick, and we kept postponing it. And then come to find out, she died. And so I, yeah. I never got the opportunity to actually have a voice to voice conversation with her. So I'm kind of sad about that. But she. Was, I will say I didn't always agree with her. But I didn't always I, agree. With I her. always loved reading what she had written. But she's smart, and she writes to to where everybody can understand it, which I love. Yeah. Um, but she has a chapter in her book, The Small Town Pagan Survival Guide. Um, called the Discount Superstore Altar. And it's basically like, okay, let's talk to the people that live, you know, okay, I come from a teeny tiny town out in the middle of nowhere in East Texas. 585 people. Really, the closest big stores to me were Target and Walmart, as far as just regular shopping goes. Target, Walmart. And what she's saying here, you know, and obviously various craft stores and things like that around, you know, Hobby Lobby's big in East Texas. But really, it's talking about, okay, you live in a small town. You're wanting pagan altar supplies. Can you do it? Basically, it's, it is a word-for-word recounting of, I went to Walmart with the intention of buying absolutely everything from the altar to the altar cloth to all of the tools to the candles, everything see if I could get it all and acceptable stuff from Walmart. And a lot, and she says, you know, a lot of people, especially in the pagan community, have an aversion to shopping at Walmart because it is so evil. I hate Walmart. I, I, I hate Walmart too, but she says you could equally do this at Target. Target would obviously be a little bit, you know, more expensive. You could do this at, you know, kind of your big box store of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, if you have access to some craft stores, even better. 
Oh yeah, um, craft stores are awesome. Yeah, but again, um, you know, she and she did everything because, and the reason that she did it at a place like a Walmart or a Target is because she was also talking about because she comes from a Wiccan background, so like the cakes and ale, you can also get the stuff to make your cakes and ale or buy cakes and ale from mm-hmm. a store like that. So you know, she bought and she spent a, a little under a hundred dollars. She got an altar an altar cloth that was this beautiful navy blue color with these moons and stars on it. And, you know, she basically showed, you know, she got some candles that were the right color. She got some clear uh, candle holders. She got uh, a a round wooden disc that, you know, with 50 cents worth of watercolors or a, a 50 cent marker and a protractor, she turned into a pentacle. You know, she got a seashell that she had water in and she got a little holder for some sea salt, which she got, uh, she got both the sea salt and the holder for it. You know, everything she got, including the stuff to put in it, she bought all of it at Walmart just to prove that you could do it. Now, was it, you know, and then at the very end of the chapter, she says, you know, are these things that I would use in my everyday practice? This is probably not an altar that, you know, since I have had 20 years or 30 years or whatever it is in the craft, and I have amassed all of these things, obviously, I'm probably not going to revert to something like this. But if you're just getting started, if you are low on money, Um, If there's not a decent garage sale with a decent cup for miles around, if you have no access to a pagan shop, if you have no idea where to get them, you can go to a Target, a Walmart, a thrift store, a Goodwill, a, a big box store like a Costco or a Sam's Club or, you know, your local craft store or something like that. And you can get absolutely everything you need from the ground up if you're really hell bent on buying it at one store for like between 50 and a hundred dollars. Yes. And you know, for those people that are really wanting the stuff or really wanting to just go out one weekend and they're really gung ho and they want to buy it all, you can go and you can do that. And Mm -hmm. it, it, it might be a fine substitute for right now. Well, and that's one of those things. I mean, like I said, if you want a chalice and you don't want to just use, you know, your toothbrushing glass, Go out and find one that you that you like, mm-hmm. you know, that's relatively inexpensive, and use it. But you don't feel like you have to spend, you know, seventy five dollars on ordering this awesome goblet from, you know, the Pyramid Collection or whatever, just because. Ooh, well, it's a magical cup. Um, if it doesn't really speak to you, you know, get something that will work in the meantime, and wait for the right thing to come along. And um, and she only talks about this for a, a about a paragraph, but it was something that I remember. She actually wrote an entire article, which is why I say also go go download and and print off her articles because they're almost supplemental appendices to the book. Yeah. Um, because uh, she talks about how certain styles or certain items or certain you know ritual tools kind of come in and out there are fads in the pagan community folks oh yes and you know maybe cloaks are really big in 2011 or maybe uh, the example that she gives is that a few years ago around her community in the surrounding states the big thing was to get wands that had been naturally curved that had been naturally kind of curly cute or corkscrewed or something because they had been they had grown up around grapevines or maybe they were grapevines. And the big thing um, a few years ago was to get curly wands. And I remember um, living in East Texas and one of the big things was, 
you know, I went to a couple shops and they started carrying these, you know, really pretty, naturally curved wands. I have a bush out in front of my house that does that. It well, grows that but way. what she says is that, you know, these people spent, uh, she said, about the average price for these because people, you know, decorated them up. They would, would burn some symbols into them. Some people would attach a crystal or something like that. Upwards of $75, if not more, for mm-hmm. one of these wands. Yes. And she says, first and foremost, most of the people that I know that bought them don't use them anymore. It was a fad. It was something that somebody started selling and then everybody started selling and wanting it and everybody bought them. First of all, you spent $75 on a stick. Mm -hmm. Let's let's all realize that first and foremost. You spent $75 on a stick. Well, and just from from a use point of view... When you think about using a wand to direct energy, wouldn't you want it to go in as straight a line? <laughs> wouldn't you want it to go in as straight a line as possible? Not if you're not if you're doing the Dr. Seuss all over the- <laughs> Not if you're doing the Dr. Seuss ritual. <laughs> well, okay, maybe. But, but I don't know. I just I can't even I can't even imagine choosing to use like a corkscrew just, piece of wood as a I wand. That just seems like, odd to me. I just see it like Ron Weasley's wand and Harry Potter, and he's trying to turn something into a rat, and all of a sudden it just shoots off to the side. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! It's like those fireworks that you light and they spin yes. off, <laughs> little sparks flying everywhere. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but her point was, there are things that are fads. And and uh, one of the big fads that has kind of always been a big fad are new tarot decks. Uh, yes. And she says, you know, people are just addicted to new tarot decks. And there are people, and I have, I have good friends. I have one very good friend. She probably, she's to tarot decks what you are with books. Well, and see, I collected tarot for a little while. But I never had, I never, ever, ever in my life had more than 20 at a time. Ever. But and see, I still, 20 tarot decks, I think, okay, well, I use problem, one. No, honestly, part of the problem was I kept trying to find one that really spoke to me. And it's hard to tell just by looking at it. You think, oh, yeah, you know, I really like these cards. They're really pretty. You know, they make sense to me. Well, then you get, get them home and you start working with them. And you're like, yeah, I'm getting nothing from this. I have two tarot decks and the only reason that i have two is because the first one is basically my walmart version of my tarot it it, it was the rider weight mm-hmm. but it was playing card size it was Those this big awesome. it yep. was on clearance for like six bucks i got it uh, down in in the south there's something called hobby Lo- uh, not hobby lobby um hastings mm-hmm. and hastings is kind of a mini music book superstore place mm-hmm. but it's really cool Kind of, you know, it's just kind of the cool place to go instead of going to, like, Books a Million or something. But um, apparently my nose is itchy. I'm like, seriously, (laughs) would you stop messing with your nose? It's distracting. But it was playing card size. I was 17. I wanted something that I could hide in my backpack and that I could pull out. And the backside of it looked like regular playing cards. And I could kind of be looking at them at study hall or something like that. And, and, you know, that was, and it did okay for me at the time. It, It suited Right. It was my first, basically, you know, Walmart altar. It did for a time. It was a placeholder. And then later on, I found my Druid Craft Tarot, and I'm in love with it. And it, it I get fantastic readings with it, and I, I would never part with it. Um, not even from my cold, dead pitchfork. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, there, there are those placeholders. But again, it's fads. You know, yes. resist the temptation to jump on any fad. And yes. wait for what works for you. Again, yeah. you can get your placeholder stuff, but a place oh, yeah. but a placeholder wand 
is the stick that you cut off of the oak tree in your backyard. Right. You know, or the willow down the street by the lake. It is not the $75 curly cued, you know, glitter wand down from Pagan Stop and Shop. Yes. Is there a Pagan Stop and Shop? Of course there is. I'd like to go there. Of course. We own it. It's in Salem West. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've bought stuff. We're very excited. We have bought stuff. We have decided not to go overboard. We're not rubbing it in, in people's faces. We're being good newbie pagans. Now we want to learn stuff. Yes. Where do we get our information? Okay, well, where does the newbie pagan go to get their information? Two websites, and one website leads you to the other. Google? I suppose maybe you do that now. Google? See, I, didn't, I didn't do that when I started. I'm going to say it again. Google and okay. Wikipedia. Okay, Texan, you can Google stop now. and Wikipedia. You're okay, going to get online and you're going to Google Wicca. You're going to Google paganism. And it's probably going to take you to the Wikipedia articles on Wicca and paganism. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to yep. start Wikipediaing everything. And you're going to be the Wikipedia witch and your first book of shadows. And I have known... So many folks in the last 10 years. Well, let's see. Graduated high school 2004. Oh my so God, you're such a baby. seven years. Because I really got into the pagan community in about two, uh, the summer of 2004. You are making me feel so old right now. I just want you to know that. Sorry. I'll probably get hate mail from people as well for my age. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have known so many people since I got into the pagan community whose book of shadows is quite literally print-offs from Wikipedia. Did you know there's actually now a book that just came out called Wikipedia? No. It's W-I-C-C-A-pedia. -C -C okay, really? Because that yes. name is the best name ever. I know! And, and how sad is it that nobody thought of it until that stupid Simpsons episode? I know! I mean, seriously. Oh, finally, it's a website. Okay. You have to log in. Oh, that's neat. Wikipedia.net. Okay. Yay for Google. <laughs> Um, but anyways, so, uh, but you know, you're, and, and I have known a lot of people whose first book of shadows is, uh, you know, print offs from Wikipedia. And just like I tell people on my show about the news, it, it is fine and dandy to get your information from a place like a Wikipedia, just like with the news, it's fine and dandy for one of your sources to be, you know, the Rachel Maddow show or, I don't know, Glenn Beck or, you know, your editorial source. It's fine and dandy for one of your sources, a jumping off point to be Wikipedia. But realize that it should not be your jumping off point and your final destination. Um, I missed part of that because my phone rang, but I think I agree with you. No, basically what I said is that, you know, it's great that you're using Wikipedia, but realize that's a starting point. Well, and Wikipedia can be a good source of information, but what you have to keep in mind is that anybody can get in there and change whatever it is that they want. So oh, Somebody could have just edited the Wikipedia article to say, well, the National Convention of Witches has just decided that Wicca is, you know, no, it is now worshipping trolls, and now all Wiccans worship trolls. And somebody could have just edited the Wikipedia article to say that, and then the editors haven't come by and fixed it yet. And you could right. just be catching it at an off time. Right. So I, I mean, mean, generally speaking, Wikipedia is not the absolute horrible source that a lot of people make it out to be. But no. it should definitely not be your only source of information. No. So again, like there are levels of buying stuff, 
you know, you can get your free things. You can then go garage sale or thrift shop uh, shopping. Then you can go to, you know, your Walmart superstore. And then once you have your stuff, you can kind of, or then you can kind of wait for the universe to give them to you. There are levels of information. You know, you can start off with your free information and getting it from Wikipedia. Uh, maybe if you see some decent books online, you know, obviously you'll probably find some pagan discussion forums. Realize pagan discussion forums are probably even a worse place for information. Oh my God, they're horrible. No, they are, I, I'm sorry, they are horrible, horrible places. They, they are the worst, uh, I will go ahead and say it, they're the worst place to try and network and they're the worst place to try and find information. Yes. Because you will really ask. you should just avoid them altogether. <laughs> In fact, we'll just go ahead and say that. Avoid all online yes. pagan Wiccan discussion forums Ugh, at yes. all costs. They Pretty are much. they are just bitchy witch wars over and over and over again. For it's, the most part, yes. Yeah. So getting your information, Wikipedia is a fine place. Um, then, you know, head back to that New Age section that you went in in July with your sweatshirt. Books! Books! <laughs> Get the book, and it's 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 totally fine. Pick your Technicolor Sparrow Bear book of choice, mm-hmm. and and read. Yep, and enjoy what most people will call your fluffy stage. Welcome to your fluffy stage. You're going to start reading all of those things and wanting to do all of those things. You've bought a few items and you've gotten a few books. You know, if you were like me, you hid them in your backpack. <laughs> I had like three books and they stayed in my backpack. They consisted of Scott Cunningham and Aidan McCoy, I think, were, were my first witchy books. Oh, and then the Crone's Book of Magical Words. That's a good book. It's neat. It's neat. It has, it has neat poetry in it. It's neat. I, I will say I've never turned invisible nor turned myself into a bee. Uh, so I <laughs> I think the book might be crap. <gasps> oh, I'm just trying to picture you as a bee and it's a really <laughs> funny picture. <laughs> I, I think I'd make a very sassy bee. Oh, God, that's I, so funny. I'd be a great bee. So I, I think the book might just be crap, but still. Um, I think that's one of the funniest things you've ever said. <laughs> I'm glad the witches are enjoying hearing you laugh. Oh my god, that was so funny. <sighs> um, but, you know, read those books. And if it looks like a halfway interesting book to you, and if you're sitting in the bookstore reading the first couple of chapters, do it. Um, your, However, another free source to be getting those books is your local library. Also, well, Google Books. Yes. I will say the library probably does not have a great selection. Although apparently there are... Some libraries now that do lending, if you have an e-reader, you can borrow books through your e-reader, which is going to be a much, probably, I don't know, I don't have an e-reader, I haven't looked into it, but probably is going to be a much more reliable source of a broader mm-hmm. variation of books. Um, Brooke because they're over not, at... They're Brooke, not getting their actual physical copies stolen. That Brooke, happens a lot. <laughs> Brooke over at the iPod Witch. Uh, well, and, and um, sh- there are Pagans in Texas, which hadn't put out a show in a while. Girls put out a show. Seriously. Um, did a great interview with a librarian, and she said that the most oh, stolen yeah. books... Do what? Mm-hmm. No, I was... Sorry, I was just saying that was a fascinating episode. It's a fascinating that. episode. Go listen to it. Um, but uh, that the librarian said that the most stolen books are the New Age books, because yep. people are so ashamed of them, they don't want to bring them back, and they want to keep them, and, and well, she's... Well, or they take them home, and they're like, oh, this is a great book, I want to keep this, and they yeah. just keep it. and they just keep it. Um, just never go back again. Yep. Don't do that. Don't be a thieving pagan. No, don't be one of them. Don't be a thieving pagan. Um, 
So, uh, anyways, but you you know, a local library again. Brooke from uh, the iPod Witch podcast uh, does have a Nook. Uh, I have a Kindle, um, and you can do you can lend from libraries uh, digital lending, and you you've got like two weeks to lend the book, and then you can send it back. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's really kind of an interesting source, and there's free sources right there. You know, most of the time you're not paying for anything, uh, and you can go online and, and Google something like uh, you know, free digital free ebook library or something like that and i'm sure you'd, you'd find good sources although i will say and i've noticed this recently if you go on to amazon and you do a search there are an awful lot of of free or really really super cheap kindle books mm-hmm. that are crap yes that are complete and total crap because anybody who wants to can write a book and you can't see my air quotes but when i say write a book i mean major air quotes write a book and get it published and charge 99 cents on Amazon for the Kindle version. Mm-hmm. And it is complete and total crap. Yeah, anybody um, anybody with a Mac can actually uh, click one button in their, their word processor and it publishes to um, EPUB and it'll go on the iTunes. And then you can also take that EPUB, which is an open source uh, digital format for books and submit that to Amazon and charge 99 cents, you know, charge nothing yeah. for it. And, and I'm not going to say that they're all crap, but there are a lot of. I would say probably at least ninety percent of but them. But if, if you're listening are to this, po- if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to you know more than one podcast, and you've probably heard people talk about Scott Cunningham, Silver Raven Wolf, Dorothy Morrison, Raymond Buckland, Dane McCoy, Ellen Dugan. I could keep going. Right, but you know, <laughs> some just the 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 authors that are considered kind of one hundred and one books, you know, one hundred and one centric authors. They've you know some of them have written more advanced works, but still, they're mostly considered where people tend to go for their one hundred and one books. Read them. Everybody yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there are a lot of people that you know later on in their craft like to pretend that they have not read those books. Oh no, I've never done that. We've all done it. Everybody's done it. Mm-hmm. It's like a 13-year-old boy experiencing everybody, things. Everybody has read Buckland's Big Blue Reader. I actually have never read Raymond. Well, I am going to send you a copy of that book right now. I've actually never read Uncle read Bucky's Bl- and, Big Blue Book. And I will tell you the reason why at least 80% of those people have read it. It's because it's a big blue book with a silver pentacle on the yes, front. And, that is why you read that book. And it's actually a pretty good book. I mean, yeah. it's very Gardnerian because that's what Buckland does. But it's a very interesting book. Didn't you say on one of your shows that it read like stereo instructions? It does. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's very, it's very much. Wow, like I a, want to read that book. Well, no, okay, not the whole thing. He has, he's a very dry, he has a very dry writing style. But it's, it's very much like a textbook. I mean, it's even formatted very much like a textbook, and it has a lot of really good information in it. No, it's not as fun to read as, say, Dorothy Morrison or Deborah Blake or Ellen Dugan. I mean, these are people who put personality into their writing. But from the time period that it was written also, I mean, it was written in, what, early 80s, I think? The bygone Um, days of yore. And basically, it was the textbook, at least my understanding is, it was the textbook that Buckland used for training in his coven. So it was not written to be, you know, a good time read. It is... (laughs) You know, it is the, the material. It's the the co- the course material. Mm, it's Friday for... night. I'm gonna sit down with some buckling and a glass of wine. Ooh, good no, that's times. not to say that's not to say everything he's ever written is like that. He actually has some other books that are that are much more personable. 
but that book has a lot of informational content. It just doesn't have as much personality in it. So basically what we're saying is go ahead and read the 101 books. That's why they're huh? there. Read them. Also realize, like I say, like Velma has said, I think like pretty much every pagan podcaster out there has said, read it. Go ahead and go while you're at Walmart getting your, your discount store altar. Buy some Morton's table salt. <laughs> and read that book with the whole container of it. Yes. And and realize that they're going to be spitting off their own personalized brand of crap. Yes. Some of what they're going to say is okay. Some of what they're going to say, it, 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 it makes no sense. Um, but realize that when you've read five or ten of those 101 books, there should be some common themes. You know, there should be some common things that you'll get. And most of those things will be things like tables of correspondence, uh, how to maybe make up your own spells, what the god and goddess are, who they are. See, and this and this is where I give a piece of advice that I, I really wish that I had had. And that is when you start reading these books, and this is just my own nerdy perspective, okay? So again, take it with a grain of salt. If something that you read really makes sense to you, really impacts you, really, you know, has an effect on you, take notes on it, write it down, and do that for, for all of the books that you read. Because I have read so many books, and part of my problem is that I remember reading things, but I don't remember where I got them. I don't remember where it came from. I don't remember which book it was that I read that had this fabulous section that I loved so much on candle magic or whatever it is. You know, and a lot of the newer books actually have notes sections in the back. Use those. I mean, they're just extra blank pages. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, that's a that's honestly a great way to start. You know, during that first year when you're studying and, you know, you're still learning, that's a great way to get a good beginning to your Book of Shadows, is to write down little notes and things from books that you're reading. Dorothy Morrison um, has a book called The Craft, and she has uh -huh. something called The Craft Companion. and yep, it's Which unfortunately is not spiral bound anymore. Oh, is it not? No, it's not. And oh, I think darn. it's horrible that it's not. Well, it's just I, a regular book. I remember you going off about that on your show. <laughs> uh, Velma loves herself some spiral bound books. If I you, do, man. If hey, you, they sit flat on my, the altar without My mother having to actually owns one of those. It it punches the holes in the pages and then attaches the spiral bound. Yes, yeah, I I, I would bet you that for Christmas you would love that. No, I, I couldn't do it. Because then you could just cut your book pages out. And oh, just... God, no. No, no, no. I'm too much of a purist. I could never cut my books out. <laughs> but I every book you own could be a spiral-bound book. No, 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 no. That's not how they came. That's not how they should be. It's just a thing. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Can't Uncle, do it. Uncle Bucky's Big Blue Spiral. <laughs> no? That is one of the few books that I could actually see myself doing that to. But, um, so, uh, but, uh, the, the craft companion, it's kind of nice because you can kind of fill in the blanks. It's kind of like a Mad Libs, but with well, magic. Well, that, that whole book, the left-hand side is a spell or a poem or a prayer or something. And the right-hand side is just a journal page. There's mm -hmm. only lines on the right-hand side pages. Now realize that a lot of these 101 books take the, the format of, Okay, welcome to Wicca. Here's a, a three-page history on Wicca. Here's All of which a, is wrong, by the way. Most of which. <laughs> um, here is a four-page diatribe, you know, one page each to the elements. And then here's yeah. a seven-page uh, introduction to the various tools. Here's a nine-page section on herbs. There's another nine-page section on stones. And here's a 50-page section on a bunch of spells I like. 
Right. You know, it. they all really kind of take that route. Despite Pretty how much. big or how small, most of them have that information in varying degrees. Yes. Um, so realize that there are those kinds of 101 books. And then there are other 101 books. There are books, you know, and luckily, you know, Bronwyn Forbes, The Small Town Pagan Survival Guide. There are books like that. And there are books like that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that that have information on, okay, you're a pagan. What does it mean to be in the pagan community? What does it mean to, you know, to be a pagan? You know, let's let's issue the idea of history. Let's just live in the here and now. What does it mean to do this? I will say there aren't many of them. No, but there are some out there. And then there's We're also... getting to have more. Right. And we will have one. <laughs> yes. Finally, we're getting to... Our... I think the publishing companies have finally said, okay, there's a bit of an oversaturation in the Wicca 101 section. Let's yes. actually publish something else. Yes. Hooray! Yes. <laughs> and I will say, I will say, Bronwyn Forbes' book, published by Llewellyn, mm-hmm. still a good book. Yeah. So don't automatically they are, anything. Llewellyn is not the Antichrist, I promise. But Walmart is. Yes. <laughs> that, that I will agree with. But so basically what we're saying is, um, you know, get some information online, use that as your starting point. Uh, Then, you know, go out and get those 101 books and then, you know, go in the back. And most of those 101 books have sources. They have bibliographies. Mm -hmm. Those are your 201 books. Start reading some of those and they're going to have very boring names or or 25 word long names. And some of them are relatively boring books. Yes. Just because they're not, you know, fun, sparkly books to read doesn't mean that they're not very interesting. I'm sorry, Drawing Down the Moon is a boring book. But, but it's, it's so it's good. It's interesting. It's so interesting. It is very interesting. Triumph of the Moon is another one. It's yeah. a very interesting book. Ronald not Hutton. a fun read, but it's enlightening. And I, I will say, the majority of the... So, okay, here's a... Not a hard and fast rule, but if if the book you're reading has an author that goes by some kind of Technicolor Sparrow Bear name, it's probably a 101 style book. Or at least something geared towards the beginner of something. If you have somebody like Margot Adler, Ronald Hutton, you know, a person that goes by a name name, it's probably a 201 book. It, mm. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it's no, kind it's of a not. generic... You know, <laughs> if you're going in the back of the bibliography and you see, you know, Dorothy Morrison, Curses, Hexes, and Other Unmentionable Things, that's more on the 201 side. That's not quite beginner fair. You know, if you're going in the back and you see Starhawk Spiral Dance, that's still kind of beginner. Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hate mail from Starhawk. You're gonna get fans. you're gonna get hate mail for that. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. No, it's a bad rule. In fact, forget that I just said that. Yeah, I don't... No, I don't like that. Okay. It was, it was a good thought, oh, but thanks. no. <laughs> thanks. I have good thoughts. They're, they're, they don't usually have a lot of substance to them. It was just wrong. It was just it wrong. Was a good thought, but it was wrong. It sounded good. <laughs> it sounded like a great tool, man. Yes. Go into the bookstore, pick out the book that is not Technical or Sparrow Bear, and that is an awesome book. But no, somehow it doesn't work that way. Um... Let's see. Okay, so, oh, just to go back to buying stuff, um, where are some places, Velma? Mm-hmm. So I want, you know, I've, I've bought my, my, you know, discount store altar, and I have my 
magical tools. You know, I have a place to work, but what if I want, you know, a few witchy things around my house? What if I want to kind of decorate my own personal broom closet? Where are some decent places to get decor? What kind of decor is appropriate? You know, okay, so I'm baby pagan. I'm, I am underage or I'm living with parents or I'm living in a situation where I can't really be out. So what are some good things for those people? And then what are some good things and good places to get stuff for people that, you know, can kind of go all out? Well, okay, I would have to say it's hard to say, okay, well, this is the right kind of thing for this person because when you're talking about decor, it's so stylized. I mean, different people's personalities and style. No, not the right kind of thing, but where can you go to get stuff like that? Where are some good places? Um, Well, typically craft stores and the big box stores around Halloween generally have a lot of stuff. Useful tip. Um, the craft stores like Michael's Hobby Lobby, Joann's, those kind of places, they're going to get their Halloween stuff at the beginning of August. Okay. Um, and if you want the good stuff, you got to get there early, honey, go in August and look at what they have. Because the problem is, because the craft stores cater to people who make things, right? You need time to make it before the occasion. So craft stores are always like two months ahead of everybody else. So go to the craft stores in beginning of August, mid-August. Look through the stuff that they have. Pick out the good stuff and go ahead and get it if you really want it. Because by the time October rolls around, it's going to be gone and they're not going to get any more of it. Um, oh, yeah. The, if you're trying to go the week of or the week before Halloween. Even going at the beginning of October. <laughs> even going at the beginning of October, I have gotten screwed out of getting some really nice things because I waited too long. Because I thought, oh, well, you know, it's only, you know, the end of August. They'll still have this in October. No. October 1st, they're gone. They're not getting any more. It's over. So go early for the craft stores. The big box stores, um, Walmart, Target, you know, those kind of places. That's that's the, late September, early that October. That is the yeah. weekend after Labor Day. Yeah. Because the Labor Day weekend hits, they have their big Labor Day sales, they get rid of all their the last of their summer stuff, they need a week to restock, and by the following weekend, they have all their Halloween stuff out. Trust me on this one, I am very familiar with where the stores, when the stores so, have their stuff say, out. But say... Say that it's May and we don't even have anywhere close to to October and Halloween to think about getting stuff that actually looks like witchy stuff. Yes. And also say that I'm a new pagan and I am living in a situation where I can't really be out. What are your good tips for, okay, I still want to decorate my room or my personal space. I can't really truly be all out there. But what would you suggest to somebody asking you that? You know, honestly, I would say your best bet is to go to antique stores okay and get what um well at antique stores you can find all sorts of interesting things like um interesting candelabra um really neat like teacups and glasses you know like you know goblets and things um you can find little trinkets and knickknacks and and you know that kind of thing that you can put around that aren't necessarily hello i'm a witch but have some kind of a magical feeling to them Mm -hmm. personally i'm very big on like the victorian era style so antique stores are great for that you can find all sorts of stuff because that that style was very big for a long time um but you can i mean you can find all sorts of things and there's ways that you can make for example, my my kitchen canisters are glass apothecary jars. Cute. Which to me is very very witchy. Now, if somebody mm-hmm. comes into my house, 
they're just going to say, oh, well, you you know, you have really interesting glass jars for your flour right. and your sugar and all this. And, and really, well, a yeah. lot of people but do that. Me, but to me, it's witchy. Right. And a lot of people do use apothecary jars these days. It's just kind of a nice decorative technique. And right. I think, I think you know, kind of as an overall general tip, don't try and go kitschy. You know, don't try and get, and it's the same thing that if you watch HGTV and they're trying to tell you how to decorate your house, don't try and get things, you know, don't try and, and just, okay, I'm going to put a tchotchke here and I'm going to put a tchotchke there. Set yourself a mood, set yourself a space, you know, well, give yourself, now get some tchotchkes. I mean, that's fine. Well, but quite honestly, though, it really depends on the personality of the person who lives there. I mean, my house looking, okay, my computer is set up on an end table next to my sofa in my living room right now. On the end table right now, I have a Jim Shore witchy candle holder that my mother gave to me. I have a couple other candles. I have a big obsidian sphere on a on a, a little velvet cushion, right? Just a regular crystal ball. It happens to be black. On the lamp, I have a bead necklace hanging from one of the little things that holds the light bulbs. Um, I have a tiger's eye bead on a red cord hanging from another one. And then I have a pendulum hanging on, on the third one. Just random little things that to me are witchy. They have a point to being there, but they're not like, you know, if somebody walks into my house, they're not like, oh my God, she's a witch burner. You know, I mean, it's just. I don't know. The witch right behind you there might scream witch. Which witch right behind me? That one? Yeah, that one. Well, that's the other Jim Shore witch that's on the <laughs> other end table on the other side of the. Well, I mean, I live by myself. I can be as witchy as I want that's, to. It doesn't that's matter. The other, but that's, that's the other my side style. of it. That's, that's, that's the other side style. of it. But I, just for right now, okay, I, I will give my tips. I would say wall art is a really good place to start. Um, you can get paintings of beautiful women. You can get paintings of beautiful scenes. Uh, you know, the Arthurian legend. There are lots of paintings that are out there that you can get on posters um, that, you know, you can put up that can be very witchy to you. If you have a pantheon that you've decided on already because you have, you know, you've decided that you're on this path and you've been studying for a little while and you're ready to decorate um, you know, maybe you've decided on the Greek pantheon. So maybe a particular goddess speaks to you. Well, you can find art online that has that god or goddess on it. And it can be up. And as long as the rest of your room is kind of tastefully done and matches and stuff, it doesn't look out of place. It looks like you have some nice art on your wall. Well, and see, for me, for wall art, I mm -hmm. would actually suggest photographs, taking photographs, photographs of things. Great way. I have a whole bunch on my living room wall of these collage photo mm -hmm. frames that hold like, you know, anywhere from five to 35 pictures in each one, you know, take a whole bunch of pictures that to you are magical or that you've taken in the past of places that you've been or, you know, whatever, and put them all up there. It just looks like photographs, mm -hmm. but to you, they have meaning. That's the thing. It needs to have meaning to you. Right. You know, and, and obviously, you know, candles, a candle is a candle. My mother loves candles. She's not a witch, but she has candles all over because they smell nice and it creates a nice ambiance. You can have a couple of nice, tasteful candles around that aren't going to draw attention to them that you can obviously use when nobody's looking for spellcraft. Or you could, again, just kind of use it to set your witchy mood when you're wanting to go into your personal space and feel witchy. Uh, you know, like Velma said, you know, put up pictures of Stonehenge or put up pictures of the Parthenon if the Egyptian, if the Greek, the Egyptian. If the Greek pantheon is your thing, you know, hell, if if Egyptian, if the Egyptian pantheon is, is your thing, there's all kinds of little souvenirs with bast on them or, you know, just pyramids or something like that. You can get pictures of Giza and you can little, put little, you know, sterling silver pyramids around and you can kind of have a, a theme going on. Um, it doesn't have to be, 
you know, a, a big poster that says, hi, I'm a witch. Happy to meet you. You know, and <laughs> I have one of those, by the way, but it's not up right now. Of course you do. <laughs> Was it published by Llewellyn? Um, <laughs> no, I guess I can't make fun. I, I now have a Llewellyn. You book now, like. you now have and have endorsed a Llewellyn book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I will rue the day. I will yes. rue the day. I will, yes. I will start ruing right now. <laughs> Yes, please do. Um, Also around your house, uh, and this is a great thing to do at work, um, if you are kind of wanting to be Mr. or Miss, uh, you know, elemental, witchy, you know, if you're wanting to pay homage to the elements, uh, this is something easy that you can do at work and something easy that you can do at your house. Uh, First of all, at either your work or your house, you can put up calendars. You can find calendars at all sorts of places. You can find nature calendars. Nature calendars are just calendars of really pretty places in nature. But hey, welcome to being a pagan. We tend to worship the stuff. Yep. (laughs) All the dirt and the trees and the waterfalls and stuff. We worship that stuff. Well, and you can and you can get calendars that are just pictures of the moon or pictures that are just sunrises or sunsets or I mean, you as far as nature calendars go, the sky is the limit. Literally, I mean, you can get one for everything. And of course, there are witchy calendars later on. I mean, if you have your own space that you can do and you can, you know, up the ante on the witchy. Again, we're starting off with, you know, your placeholder stuff going into the stuff that you really want to have later on. But well, for it, placeholder it, things, you know, again, get what you want. Get get the little nature calendars and stuff like that. But again, another elemental touch that most people can do in an office setting and most people can do in their house as well that doesn't draw attention are things like um, uh, little scent burners. Most people can't burn candles per se in their office. If you can, then burn a candle. But most people can't do that, but they can put um, uh, little warmers. And I remember when I worked uh, for the court system, all of the probation officers or most of the probation officers would have little candle warmers, those little hot plate kind of things. Mm-hmm. And they would stick candles on top of them. Now it doesn't cause a flame, but it, it can make a scent. And you, you can have your scent and that, you know, it's, it's heat. You could maybe kind of mimic a, a fire element there. Obviously, at your house um you can uh you can light candles if you're in a dorm room the the again the warmer is probably a good thing but you can have your fire element there uh you can buy for probably 15 20 starting off little fountains you can get those at target you can get those at walmart just little decorative desktop fountains and there could be your water element um, you know, stones are inside those fountains most of the time. You can replace some of those stones with stones that you like, some rose quartz or some amethyst or some tiger's eye or something. I got to say, when it comes to decorating an office, Dorothy Morrison had the best idea ever. Everyday magic. Ever, the... ever, ever, ever. Best idea ever. Get a plant and stick it in your office. Well, and yes, that was you another thing. You have all thing. four elements covered. Right. And that's because true. Because they live in the earth, they drink the water, they put out air, and they need the sun fire to be able to grow. You can get those little bonsai trees for like $15 most Done. of the time. And then that... you don't have a whole bunch of stuff cluttering up your desk. Right. Because if you're anything like me, your desk is cluttered enough. <laughs> you don't need a fountain making all of your papers wet. And you don't need the candle warmer making the person next to you sneeze. You can do it very easily. Just get a little plant. Or, you know what? Even better, get a set of four little tumbled stones. True. One that represents each element. Stick them in your desk or stick them on the top of your mm-hmm. desk or stick them in your pocket or your purse or whatever. Carry them with you. Easy, easy, easy. It's not going to be intrusive. It's not going to cause eyebrows to go up. Nothing. 
But uh, but for your house, you could probably do if you wanted to have a little space for each of the four elements. Well, yeah, in your house, you could you still could... do a little a little fountain and some stones in the fountain, and you know a candle. Uh, you know maybe uh, you could treat because um, some people kind of have two things that do double duty. So the the candle can both be the scent, and that can be your air element, and the the flame of the the candle is your fire element, and then the water and the earth elements are together. You know your masculine elements here, your water elements here. See, and I have frequently thought that you could actually use a candle to represent all four elements if you really wanted to, because the wax is solid like earth. When it melts, it runs, it becomes liquid like water. It burns with a flame that is fire, and it eats oxygen, which is air. I mean, if you think about it, if you really want to, you can simplify things down you, to one you, thing. you definitely can. Or you could meet somebody like me that knows far too many random facts. Ooh, Corey's online. Um... <laughs> Should we call him? I think we should. But um, that that knows far too many random facts and, and knows that wax is actually not a solid. It's a slow-moving liquid. Okay, I understand <laughs> I'm that. I'm a spoil sport at things like I, that. No, but no, I you are, you are that, completely but, but for right. for all intents and purposes. You, you are completely right. And you could even get something like a green candle if you wanted. And the green mm-hmm. could be, you know, very earthy. And the yep. scent is the air. And the fire is that. I don't... Uh, and the, the dripping wax is the water. I mean, yes, definitely. Um, yeah. So, you know, and you can simplify things. Uh, a um, if, if you happen to get, this is an organic, uh, this is a bot- botanical term. Do not get mad at me. But if you get a pussy willow mm-hmm. tree, the willow is a tree. It's earth, but it's also supposed to be associated with water. It needs air, you know that that would willows, probably willows typically are because that wa- willows take a lot of water, any kind of willow. So you know if, if if you're trying to pick a tree, those you can get at a lot of places. They're typically fairly cheap. They don't get very big. They're taller than like a little bonsai or something. But that would be a good tree to have. But most little home goods stores, Walmart, even you can get a little bonsai tree. You can get a little bonsai size ficus. You can get a pussy willow. You can get all sorts of things. Yeah. I'm gonna stop saying pussy willow now because I, I, it's wrong that's the name of it there's nothing wrong with saying pussy willow that's what it's called say it one more time you're so immature say it one more time let's call Corey and see what he would use for the elements sure because we can do that yes let's see if you can remember how to work skype quick be continue to be interesting oh Corey is on wow continue to be interesting that's not pressure or anything be interesting <laughs> i don't know how to be interesting on command oh darn Corey, are you there he's busy oh darn it who's he talking to <laughs> he should be waiting for our call when, when when people get on skype and then they immediately go away it's like okay <laughs> why'd you get on skype home slice Oh, well, I'm going to give up well, on Corey in a couple I seconds. See, I see him listed. He's online. Why oh, is I know. he busy? He's Why listed he... as red. Oh, well. Oh, he's busy. Well, poo on you, Corey. It would have been interesting to hear what he has to say. Corey knows everything. Corey does know everything. Can Corey's I just a... say, that is terrifying, the amount of information that Corey has. Yes. I'm glad he's on my side. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Yes. Um, so, so how anyways. long have we been talking about this? We've been going on and on and on about buying things. 
Yes, so uh, we've... There must be more We've bought some newbie. stuff. We've gotten some inf information. What about, you know, building a community? Obviously, you want to meet other people. Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you are wanting to start venturing out. You've been reading up a little while. You have some information. And now you're curious as to how other people are pagan or witchy yes. or whatever. Mm -hmm. What would your best beginner's guide to meeting people sound like? Without burping. <laughs> I think I can manage that. Um, well, there's a couple of things. You will meet an awful lot of people who will claim to know everything. Yes. Guess what? They don't. And that was actually, I asked for, as we started the show, what are your, your big tips for baby pagans? Mm -hmm. And uh, Kathleen over at uh, Borealis Meditation. Sorry. Yep. Uh, Kathleen at Borealis Meditation, um, her number one tip for baby pagans is anyone claiming to know everything doesn't. That's just a ge yeah. good tip in general, but it's, yeah. it's very much true to, to pagans. Yes. Um, I would also say don't let the community intimidate you because we have at sometimes more than our fair share of assholes. Mm -hmm. um, and we have people who will look down on you for asking questions and for not knowing. And don't let that frustrate you and don't let that get to you um, because, sorry, if you can hear the noise in the background, it's my cat. Um, but don't let people intimidate you. Don't let it frustrate you that, that you get that response sometimes mm -hmm. when you try to ask questions because some people are just assholes. That's just all there is to it. Um, and just because they're pagan doesn't mean they're nice. Um, and the other big thing for me about getting involved in the community is please, for the love of all that is holy, use common sense when it comes to meeting people. Do not assume that because you talk to Joe Blow in a chat room and he says, oh yeah, I'm pagan, why don't you come over to my house and I'll teach you everything you know about paganism. Please use common sense when it comes to meeting people and giving people your information because our community is not without the freaks the creeps, and the downright bad people. That's very true. Um, but it, it's just really a good general tip um, that if you are online in one of those terrible discussion forums or yeah. you're online in some sort of chat room or something like that. Which you shouldn't be anyway because we've already no. established they're horrible. They are horrible. Um, but uh, if you have met somebody, you know, mm -hmm. young little Selena Moonflower, and, you know, you have met... Bucky Raymond's son. <laughs> you like the name? Nice choice of name. Thank you. Um, you know, and you all have just hit it off, and he would like to show you his big blue book. Um, <laughs> do not ever. I am on a roll. Do oh, not. Apparently. It's really just a good mention in general, you know, a good rule in general. If you're ever meeting people online, don't ever meet them alone, like in an alone setting. Don't go to their house. Don't let them come to your house. No. Don't go to one of their friends' houses. Don't even, if they say, oh, I'm having a party tonight or my friend is having a party, will you beat my date to my party? No. But I will meet you at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I will meet you at Target and we can go shopping for witchy things in the Halloween section. Well, I you will... know what? If they're having if they're having a social event and, and you want to go because you've talked to this person, that's fine. Take somebody with you. Take somebody with you, yes. If you're I mean, going to go to a, an event that, that is not a public place, that it is, is at somebody's house, take a friend. And if they are not okay with you taking a friend... 
then don't go. Do not go at all. It's basic common sense safety. And just because somebody says they're pagan does not mean that they are the exception and you can just go meet them. We have a lot of crazies. And there are a lot of crazies posing as pagans. And as far as um, people that, you know, as far as meeting people in public, there are actually quite a number of of meetup groups that if you do some searches on some of the various group websites like groups.yahoo.com, groups.google.com, you know, uh, yep. meetup.com, there are a lot of meetups and pub moots and stuff like that depending on your, you know, your age, you can go to the pub moots, you know, or whatever. Most people go to places that are uh, you know, bookstores, coffee shops, Random pagan shops will put on, you know, hey, come to our social gathering of choice. Open circles. You know, open circles, that kind of yep. thing. Um, go to those, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, get on, get involved in maybe that online group's discussion forum and, you know, find out when the next time is that they're meeting at Books A Million or Starbucks or Hastings or Hobby Lobby or do people meet at Hobby Lobby? I don't think so. Okay. Um, you know, but the next time that they're meeting somewhere and then show up. Yeah. You know, and then go to those and go to those meetups and and meet people and all of that. And if one group doesn't work for you, please do not get discouraged. Well, and this leads us beautifully into the discussion of joining a coven. Oh, yes. Because that is also one of the big things that people talk about as far as, you know, trying to find a coven that's right for you. Mm -hmm. If you, you can find covens on Witchbox, by the way. And their listings are usually Witchbox. pretty good. Witchbox.com, while it is not a great source for articles anymore, it is still probably the best source online to find pagan shops, to find pagan groups, to find pagan covens. And they've yes. got every tradition under the sun. Now, they may not have every tradition under the sun out in your neck of BFE, yes. but they, they will probably have at least something to satisfy your pagan needs. Yes, but one of the big things about it, I mean, people, a lot of times people u- will use common sense when it comes to meeting individuals or meeting individual people that they meet on, you know, that they've met online or chatted with or whatever. But they contact a coven and the coven says, oh, yeah, well, why don't you come to our next meeting? And oh, yeah, by the way, it's at our high priestess's house and all of the safety things go out of your head mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, well, this is a coven. This is fine. Well, not necessarily. Okay. Keep your common sense about this. If you run into a situation where somebody from the coven is not willing to meet you in a public place beforehand, stay away from that coven, please. Yes. Because everybody who is legitimate in our community should totally be fine with the, I want to meet you in a public place first. They really, really need to be okay with that rule because that's basic common sense. Yes. And if they're not okay with that, I would stay away from it. I would totally avoid it. I would advise other people to avoid it just because it may be perfectly fine. It may be completely legitimate, nice people. But if you're not willing to do that, there's something fishy going on, at least in my opinion. I agree. I completely agree. So basically stay away from creepazoid pagans. And there's lots of them out there. Stay away from them. Keep yourself sane. Keep yourself safe. Yes. Um, You know, go to those meetup groups. Uh, again, don't let yourself get discouraged if one group isn't working for you. Yes. Um, there are probably some decent places online to meet people. I, I've said before, I will all, I will continue to say it until it's, until it's different. The pagan community in 2011 is being formed online. 
because we are not a massive mainstream presence where you can just go to school. And, you know, college is different. But if you're in high school, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you don't happen to live in a college town, you know, college towns, colleges tend to have probably some sort of little teeny tiny you know, Wicca student group or student pagan group or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're not around that and if you don't have access to that, you, you you know, we're not in the kind of society right now in 2011 where you can go down to Joe Schmo High School and, you know, start your own little pagan group and, you know, all goes well. Or if you're an adult, you can't necessarily go to the college group because then you look like the creepy guy going to the college group. Right. So, you know, there, there are folks that have access to those kinds of things in college situations and stuff, and that's probably a really great place to start. But again, you know, those social groups and those kinds of things, if you if you don't have access to those, online is the next best thing. It's really kind of the only other thing. <laughs> well, it's the only other alternative, but I, I still have a really hard time giving credit to... Because my own, I don't want to say my own experience because I have never intentionally joined in on any of this. Okay, my cat just jumped on the piano. I was wondering if that were this either is a what train. I live with. Oh my god! See, this is what I get for naming him Wolfgang. Anyway, um, <laughs> but from the conversations and the message board, you know, postings and things that I have seen, they tend to be so personal and witch worry and confrontational and and intentionally and the minute controversial. that you ask a question the minute that you try and and everybody and, jumps down your throat oh, and it's, it's just uh, but no. there there is a way to interact and kind of create a, your own community online without actually joining up a discussion group podcasts you and i i would mm-hmm. probably be willing to say are, are pretty confident in saying we have friends in the pagan community online that we don't really get to see a lot of the time, except really once a year. Yeah. Um, at Supermoot, a lot of the podkin are now our personal friends. And mm-hmm. we call them, we have their phone numbers, we chit-chat with them, you know, we Skype with them, we tweet, we tweet with them, you know, and that kind of thing. We yes. email them, we send them cards, and you can get that kind of community online. Um it, it, it takes a little bit more work and it takes a little bit of, of maturity and realizing what is a good group and what is not. But if you're listening to podcasts, maybe follow those folks on Twitter and then see who they talk to and see what kind of conversations they have and see what websites they recommend. And, you know, go to those kinds of places. There are some forums, uh, you know, paganpodkin.com. We have a forum. Um, it, well, it, kind it's, of. It's mostly for podcasters. <laughs> it's not really. It's not really a forum yet. It it may evolve into that, but right now it's mostly just. But for But the there podcast. are places online where you can interact with other people that are pagans that yes. are not going to treat you like crap. Yes, although sadly there are no forums on Witchbox. No, that there would, aren't. That would be great if there were forums on Witchbox that were moderated. There are Facebook discussion groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Facebook is a is a decent place. You know, pretty much any place where you can report wrongdoing. You know, Facebook, Twitter, you can report people. You know, yeah. any place that still kind of has a realm of safety. Um, you know, it has some sort of of wall of protection up for yourself. Go to those places, search around pagan groups, Wicca groups, you know, whatever. But and still use, I mean, this is this is one of the reasons why I advocate using a magical name. Even yes. if it's not a magical name, have a pseudonym. Yes. If you're going to be doing stuff online, don't give out your personal information. No. Don't tell people these things. And, I mean, And even when you meet somebody in person for the first time and you're just thinking this conversation is going great. 
maybe not even tell him your real name on the first meetup. It, well, or maybe not your whole name. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go, you know, hi, my name is Velma. That's fine. Well, what's your last name? Well, you don't need to know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah, that, it, you know, you do want to maintain, again, and we, we keep going back to, common you know, sense. maintaining a modicum of, of common sense and, and practicality when meeting people for the first time. Yes. So, and in the pagan community, you know, you do have the cop out of making up a name. Hi, I'm yeah. Selena. Okay, yep. you're Selena. Hi, I'm Dragontooth. Hi, I'm Amber. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Hi, I'm Velma. Where'd you get that name? <laughs> you Scooby-Doo fan? No, and you know very well that's not where I got that name. I know. I think we've even talked about that. We have, and you have. Yes. <laughs> ad nauseum. Um, yes. Okay. Just like this discussion is yeah. becoming ad nauseum, so let's move on. Okay, so you have been welcomed into the community. You've bought your stuff. You've gotten some information. You've even ventured out into the community and, and started talking to people. Well, what's the other thing that newbies really want to do? They want to do stuff. They want yes. to do the stuff. Yes. And going back to books, because, you know, how do you learn how to do stuff? Well, you know, you watch shows, you listen to podcasts, you read books. Well, a cookbook is not published until the the person that is buying the book tries a couple of the recipes that are supposed to go into the book. What? A cookbook is not published until somebody who is using the cookbook cooks a recipe? Right. You didn't know that? It, it has to be a successful cookbook. I mean, you... you oh, okay, sorry. I didn't realize you were talking about, like, testing them. I thought you meant the book is not actually published until somebody who has the book does the recipe. No, it's which not... Which makes no it, sense because It's not published unless it's, unless it's seen that the... You know, somebody tests it's out a couple tested. of those okay. recipes at sorry. random. You okay, know, I they might test a sauce recipe and a dessert recipe and a main course. They're not going to test every single recipe in the book, but they test a few out to make sure that they're not selling people rat poison. Yes. Or, you know, total nasty crap. When you get a book, before you buy your next book on magic, you know, your 101 witchy book, not your 101 how to be a pagan book, but your 101 how to practice magic book, mm -hmm. treat it like a cookbook and try a couple of the recipes. See if a couple of the recipes are good for you, you know, and try a couple of different kinds of recipes. Don't try every single recipe in the how to get your football player to love you, even though you're the creepy nerd in the corner recipe section. Don't do that. It's funny. I was just counting in my head how many books I have that have that exact spell. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is 17. Yes. Um you're correct. <laughs> but, of course, I think that you have 17 books on at least any topic I could possibly say in magic. <laughs> um, Probably closer, to, <laughs> higher than that, but yes. But, you know, basically make sure that the book that you get is giving you good information. You try a couple of the things out. Do the stuff. Do the stuff in the book. You know, try a couple of maybe, try a guided meditation from it or try, a, a, you know, a weather working spell or try a, a personal courage spell or try, a, you know, try a couple of different things, you know, that are supposed to do a couple of different kinds of results and get a feel for how it works before you move on. Because you can read all day long and you can be, but you don't want to become a great armchair pagan. You want to have done some of the stuff. 
Because before you go out, you know, and really this probably should have come before you go out venturing into the community, you probably should have done a couple of those things first. You know, you, you probably, if you want to add to the discussion, maybe have done a thing or two. Yes. And that was actually number one when I did my episode way, way, way back over a year ago. This is the one episode that I did, by the way, that I actually typed up my notes for the episode and printed them out. Um, I don't do that anymore. Um, but I did an episode, episode nine, according to my notes, the top 10 things that newbies need to know. Number one was do the stuff. Do you have, um, so about magical and spiritual practice, how often do you think that, that newbie pagans, I mean, do you think that they should immediately, immediately start with a daily practice or should they ease into it with Sabbath work and then move on to Esbit work and then... You know, this is my, this is this, I have the same problem answering that question as I have answering almost every other question about how other people should do things. It is so completely personal. I think there are people who would totally benefit from doing daily practice. I think there are other people who would burn out in a week and a half if they tried to do daily practice. I think you need to figure that out for yourself. But I do think that you need to be doing things, even if those things are once a month, you do something for a full moon you need to do something. You need to be doing things. And when you are starting out, I do think you need to be doing things more often because you are in that learning curve time. And so you need to make a lot more mistakes a lot quicker. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you need to make a lot more mistakes, but I think you need to devote more time to studying and to learning and to practicing and to, you know, to doing the various things. I mean, just when you think of something as simple as anointing a candle and burning it as as a spell. Okay, so you need to become familiar with color correspondences if you want to incorporate those into your magic, right? You need to learn a little bit about how various sizes of candles burn, how long they take to burn, how long do you want them to burn for the purposes of your spell? Is it something that you're going to be doing you know, repeatedly day after day relighting the candle, or is it something that you want to burn out relatively quickly? You need to learn what kind of oil you want to use for your anointing. Then you need to learn how to anoint a candle. There's different ways to do it for different purposes, and different books will tell you different methods. You need to practice doing it, right? You need, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's various steps. And when you get to the point where you've been doing it for, you know, several years, you just take the green candle out of the, out of the, box and you anoint it with the olive oil and you light it and it's done. You don't think about the things that go into that. But when you're just starting out, there's a certain amount of time that you have to devote to learning all that stuff so that in a year or two or three, you can just whip the, black, the green candle out of the box and put the oil on it and it's done. So I think when you're starting out, you do need to devote more time to the learning portion as well as the doing portion. I mean, it's kind of like when you're in college and you take a chemistry class, right? You have a three-hour chemistry class in a one-hour lab, right? So you've got your book learning, and then you have your practical, you know, portion of it where you're yes. actually doing the stuff. And I think the doing the stuff is very important. Because you're never it, it, because it helps you. Because yeah, you're, you're drawing in that thing that you were reading. Exactly. And it you're helps never you going to learn chemistry if you don't spend any time in the lab. They both work together because when you're taking yes. your your book learning test, you're going to remember from your lab, oh, I touched that whatever and I did that thing and I remember right. that because I did it. Right. Um, you know, and, and you vice have to, versa. You have to learn what all the elements are. 
you know, you have to learn your periodic table, but then you have to go into the lab and figure out how they interact with each other. Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's very much that kind of thing, especially when you're starting out, and you need to approach it that way. You have to remember that if you do not want to die, then do not roll around in sodium and jump in water. <laughs> Don't do that. Unless yes. you're an idiot. Then please. Uh, unless you want to die. Then please, by all means, do that. Um, is there a kind of, of spiritual practice? I mean, like, is there a, an acceptable level of 101, 102, 201 kind of thing? I mean, is there basically something that should be off limits to somebody at the very, very beginning of their stages of magic? I mean, should somebody come in and like you always see in the movies, they're immediately trying to raise the dead? Is there a limit? I mean, is there like a, yeah, I please think stop here. Things, I think there are things that should not be undertaken by somebody who's just starting out. Such as? Um... Let's such list as, them, shall we? Such as curses. <laughs> okay. Sex magic. Ooh, especially if you're underage. No sex until you're 30, folks. <laughs> well, somebody in this discussion's not allowed to have sex then, huh? Unless you're Firelight. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that you should be no doing anything... No straight sex anything... before you're 30. <sighs> Would you stop? Um, any, anything that, anything that is in any way manipulative, when I say curses, I I mean, not just, you know, a pox upon you, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, any, anything that is interfering with somebody else, um, sex magic is a big one too, which is not necessarily interfering with anybody else, but it's a, it's a very complex and a very difficult area to well, and you are involving somebody at. else. I mean, if nothing else, you are involving Not necessarily. Somebody. Well, don't do that before you're 25. Well, I mean, okay, you want you wanted to know? I'm telling you, there are things that... But the point is... What things, Velma? I'm very confused and concerned. I grew up in an Amish family. Please explain. I'm not going to get into the details of this discussion. If you can't figure it out, then clearly you do not have the imagination that I gave you credit for. Um, what else? Um... I would say bindings also, and not not just cursing kind of bindings, but any kind of bindings. Um, so basically, th- spells that involve another person, even if it's even if it's maybe healing magic, maybe work on doing spells for yourself first, or but maybe even, spells even, for the environment first. Even binding spells on yourself, I think. I think it takes, and I'm not saying that you should never do them unless you've studied for a year well i've done three on you since this show started so well obviously they haven't worked very well um but no i think they it's one of those things that it you know if you're talking about what should my first spell be or what should my first 10 spells be i don't think those are those are even categories that you should be considering i I agree i think you know some basic things um you know self-esteem self-love not in the way we were just discussing, but, you know, self, self-esteem self type things, um, you know, prosperity magic, happy home, harmonious living, I, you know, all of those things are, dare I say it, relatively safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they're a good way to sort of dip your hand in, you know, weather, weather magic, again, could be very good, good luck spells, have a good day spells. I mean, yes, they seem fluffy. But they are good. But they get you they started on working with starters. energy. They get you started on raising yeah. energy and, and, and you know, uh, concentrating it for a purpose and aiming it and directing it. They're good, safe starter spells. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people, 
you know, uh, say, you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm a new pagan or I haven't done too much spell work, but I just found out my grandmother's sick and I want to go do some healing magic for them. And I would even say, if you really haven't done that many spells and you are still pretty new to this, I would even say, hold off on the healing spell for your grandmother or get some help from somebody that is more experienced if you're happy to be lucky enough to have that person, you know, have somebody like that in your life that you trust. Well, I think what a lot because of people don't understand when they start out is that effectively doing spellcraft, especially in my experience, hard. healing magic, it's hard. it is incredibly draining. It is. If you are doing it properly, you will wear yourself out, If you, especially if you are not real familiar with what you're doing. Well, I mean, and I will say, you know, a lot of people treat healing spells or something like that as you know kind of on the lighter fluffier side if you're doing a healing spell right you're expending a vast amount of your good healthy energy out of your body and sending it to somebody else the best thing actually i can recommend for a beginner the best way to start learning about energy and how to use energy cast a circle cast a circle definitely take it down cast Cast it again sit in it down Take it down. Yes. That's the best. And you know, if magical you wanna, calisthenics. I'm telling you, it is the best thing because you are going to get to the point where you can tell just by standing in that space that the circle is cast around you. And it's you kind can, of, it's you kind can of actually feel a difference. It's kind of militaristic, but maybe start practicing on holding that circle for longer periods of time. You know, see if you can make sure that it stays up. Um, cast bigger circles, cast circles around your house, you know, cast see how... Cast circles at different times of day, yes. cast circles when you're in different moods, cast a circle every single day at the same time Cast a circle a around week. the whole planet. Just, I the mean, that is a planet. great way to start working with energy and it's not gonna it's not gonna manipulate anything you're not trying to direct it anywhere except in a circle around you which is very easy to visualize for most people that is a fantastic way to get your hand in when it comes to working with energy cast a circle on pluto (laughs) okay just just i don't know where that came from and then take it down and then cast it and take it down it's, See if you can cast a circle that far away. It is a it's a great thing to do, <laughs> and try and try different methods of casting a circle. You know, physically walk around the circle. Actually, lay out stones or mm-hmm. candles or sand. Or use whatever. an athame. Use a wand. See how that's different. Cast a circle stand of water. One, See if you can work with spot. that. Stand in one spot in the middle of the circle. Close your eyes. Cast the circle in your head. I mean, there's lots of different ways. I've actually cast practice. really, really effective circles, and since I've come back to doing a lot more of the stuff. A lot of the circles that I've cast have been me verbally calling on either the elements or the deities that I want to work with and simply lifting my hands up yep. and raising and visually raising the circle up. And I'm telling you, and I've, I've blogged about it uh, 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 of some of the experiences because I've tried to blog about um, some of my do the stuff challenge uh, experiences. It's almost like a physically tangible thing when you have mm-hmm. properly raised a circle. I mean, I felt tingles. I kind of felt almost a little woozy. I mean, you know, it really kind of is a time out of time and a place out of place. I mean, it's... And, y- and you know, those 101 books, if you've got three 101 books, I guarantee you, you've got five different ways to cast a circle. Oh, Try God. all of them. See yes. which ones work for you. Do the stuff. Do yes. the stuff. Um, we put out a call. I put out a call on the Twitter. Um, to see how the podkin, the Twitterkin, all the witches on the Twitter, um, what their tips were. And 
Uh, let's see. Another tip from Kathleen Borealis was that we should be reading more Terry Pratchett. <laughs> I love her. Jillian from Iron Powaka Radio says, number one, don't be afraid to trust yourself rather than a book. Yes, Which absolutely. is so good. Yes. Don't be afraid to trust yourself rather than a one-on-one book. You know, don't be afraid to call BS on a book if it's like, okay, I'm reading the Crohn's book of words and spells, and it says that, <laughs> that you can be a bee. I can turn myself into a bee. <laughs> Do not. I love that. That is hilarious. Go out on Midsummer's Eve and douse yourself in pollen and jump into a lake. You are not going to become a bee. You will probably have some disgusting, horrible, allergic reaction, or if nothing else, you'll get stung by a bee. And rightly so, you dumbass. So, you know, trust your it. intuition. Trust, you know, and, and that goes back to really any of the things that we've been talking about. If somebody sounds like a douchey kind of person, trust your gut. You know, don't go do yes. that. If if you, you know, if you're okay with getting the altar tools from a discount kind of place, trust what's going to work for you and trust what's not. You know, trust that you don't need 15 different items on your nightstand that has been converted into your new altar. You know, trust yourself, trust what you're going to need, you know, trust your gut. But I will put a caveat on that and say, just because something doesn't necessarily make sense to you, don't automatically discredit it. True. I mean, if it's something ludicrous, like you will physically turn into a bee, yes, okay, fine, I'm good with that. But if it just happens to be a way of looking at the divine that you've never considered before, and you don't know if you agree with, don't necessarily just completely discount it and throw it out the window just because it's not something that you're familiar with. Think about it. Ponder it. Actually contemplate what they're trying to get, you know, what the point is that they're trying to get across. If you decide that you don't agree with it, figure out why you don't agree with it and go from there. Don't just go, oh, well, that's not what I've been told my entire life, so it's automatically wrong. Actually put some thought and mm -hmm. and contemplation into what you're reading, especially when it comes to the more spiritual aspects of this as opposed to the magical aspects of it. I mean, not to say that they're not connected because they are, but especially when it comes to things about the god and the goddess or the seasonal celebrations or your gut the, doesn't the mythology. Know everything. Your gut doesn't know everything. And even if you are having a very visceral reaction to somebody saying something like, I am a Dianic priest, Think about why it is that you disagree with that and, and actually form a good argument before you just discredit it. And I'm not trying to point a finger at you at all. It was just, it happened to come into my head. Um, and I think you have done a good job at examining why you disagree with that particular point. But for somebody else, that would be a prime example of something that they read in a book maybe and go, well, that's crap. That's true. Well, okay, why do you think it's crap? Well, you know, I'm, I'm big on why. There's a there's a really good example um, from, you know, a book that I never talk about, uh, Eat, Pray, Love mm -hmm. by Elizabeth oh, Gilbert. I've, I've never heard of that. I've ne I, I don't ever speak about this book, but it happens to be one of my personal favorites. There's a part of the book where she is in India, and there's a certain prayer they call the Geet. I think it's actually the Bhagavad Gita. I, I, I don't remember the, the whole name of it, but she calls it the Geet. They call it the Geet. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very, very long prayer. I think it takes them like an hour to do. It's the very first thing that they, they do in the morning. And she finds herself getting very upset and kind of angry when she's doing it. And she starts skipping it in the mornings. And when she goes and she tells somebody and she starts talking uh, to a couple of people about 
you know, hey, I've been skipping this and blah, blah, blah. They're saying, well, if you are having that visceral of a reaction to something, that means it's working. It's doing what it needs to do. So sometimes your visceral reaction, sometimes, no, 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 I don't want to. I mean, my dog really doesn't want to go have a bath. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean she doesn't need to have a bath. That doesn't mean she doesn't need to have that experience because she can stink. Yes. So, um, but, you know, it's sometimes that gut visceral reaction doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you should not be doing that thing. Well, and if it does turn out that it does mean that you should not be doing that thing, that's fine. Examine it first. Figure out if that is actually the way you feel about it. Because mm -hmm. just because some author put it in a book doesn't mean that you need to either agree with it automatically because it's in a book or discredit it because it's something that you're not familiar with. Actually put a lot of thought and introspection into the spiritual aspects of your spiritual path. Um, the second tip that uh, Jillian said uh that of course we've been talking about do the stuff yes do the stuff mm -hmm. um the third thing was don't give up yes Be, and, and that's something that i said earlier just because the first group that you tried didn't work or you had a bad experience with the first group yes it sucks and it sucks that you had a bad experience but don't let that be the be all end all of the experiences that you have with the pagan community yeah don't absolutely. don't let the first book that you read and you know i read you know, uh, fluff dumpster pen dragons book on Wicca amazingness, and mm -hmm. it's full of total crap. And it told me that the world sits on top of four elephants that f sits on top of a flying turtle. No, it's yeah, it's a giant turtle. A giant turtle, the great Atun. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, you know, but just because you've read one crap book doesn't mean that all pagan books are crap. So yes. don't give up. You yes. know, don't stop the first time. Don't stop the fifth time that you find something that's bad. Keep going. Keep pushing. You know, uh, one of my favorite phrases is seek God like a man with his head on fire seeks water. You know, make it a passion. Make it something that you really feel like you need to do. Make it a need. Make it an urgency. Yes. Um, there was another one that came through from Makoto One Jog. <laughs> Makoto Ichioji. I, I have no idea. I believe that's pagan flavored atheist, my dear. Oh, Okay. Well, that, I, I know who that is, but I have no idea what the Twitter name is. Um, and it says, figure out what you believe first, then find out if there's a path or paths that work with it. That's great. I think I agree with that, but at the same time, I would say, start researching paths and then figure out why you do or do not agree with it. And that will help you along the way. Because sometimes just trying to figure out, well, what do you believe? Well, I don't know what I believe. Give me some examples of things to believe and then let me figure out why I agree with them or I don't agree with them. And I'll, and I'll go from there. So that's kind of, it depends on I, I how think it, you I think things. you're right and it depends. But I think that goes back to maybe doing some of the stuff and reading some of the books. Read some books. Yes. You know, read some books. You know, you can read about some paths. Drawing Down the Moon is a great all-in-one kind of encyclopedia of all of the paths that are currently available for you in in the uh, the American pagan sphere. Which one? Sorry, I missed that. Drawing Down the Moon, Margot Adler. It's a good book, but I will disagree with you simply because it was written so long ago mm -hmm. that things have changed a lot since that book came out. Um, I would actually probably refer you to the um, 
Encyclopedia of Witchcraft. With Judica Illish? By Judica Illish, yes. Um, I would probably refer you to that. It's a much more comprehensive book, but it also has a lot of information about the various traditions and that kind of stuff. What is going on with Skype? Are you doing something? Am I doing something? What's going on? I have a surprise for you. It keeps making noise. I have no idea what's happening. I has a surprise. You do. I has a surprise. You have a surprise? Yes. Is that Corey? I that hear? is Corey is from New World it's Witchery. It's like listening to techno. <laughs> <laughs> it's Corey <laughs> from New World Witchery. Welcome, Corey. We're doing our show. Uh, it's it's the newbie show. It is the newbie show. In my in my Oprah voice, it's the I newbie show. I can't hear what either of y'all are saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, he can't hear anything. Why not? Are we muted? What's happening? Oh, no, that's so I bad. Don't know. I don't know how to work this. I don't either. Let's see. We have no idea what we're doing. Sorry, folks. This is a live show. Yay, I mean, live really. shows. Not really, but no editing. Let's so see. So we're going to pretend. Can you hear us now? Hmm. Okay, now we sound like that horrible cell phone commercial. Yeah, this is going to have to probably have a bit of editing. <laughs> um... Well, We've done this before. No more Corey. <laughs> We've done it before. I think we have. Oh, well. Um, no, I, I would refer people back to the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft by Judica Illish, just because it is a bigger book. It has a lot more substance to it, but it also has a more comprehensive um, listing of, you know, what is more current. Drawing Down the Moon is a great book, but it's very dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but but again, you know, going out and getting some beliefs, getting some, uh, getting some idea of what you agree with, and then you know, if if you're jiving more with Native American spirituality and blah 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 and all of that, start looking into shamanism. Exactly, or yeah. you know, maybe don't jump into, I don't know, a high ceremonial Egyptian group. That's probably not the group for you. I think that's probably kind of not. what she means. Um, Mrs. Oddly. I love her. She's going to be on my show. I know. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Uh, she says, read loads, do the stuff, use common sense, and don't worry about the right tools. Use what works for you. Isn't that exactly what we've been saying all yes. night? But she said it in one sentence, which is something she only did. Mrs. Oddly can do. <laughs> we n Neither of us have her six succinctness <laughs> uh diana hawthorne says baby pagans should research obsessively be themselves and not buy every shiny altar piece they see i think the be themselves kind of goes back to that don't go overboard stay yourself stay true to yourself stay see, true these people need to have podcasts because their podcasts would be very brief very <laughs> concise and very informative yes. unlike ours which is incredibly lengthy and babbly and eventually maybe gets around to making a point <laughs> yes Yes. Um, but uh, so, yeah. So, you know, and I think it goes back to the kind of that don't go overboard kind of thing. Don't, you know, stay true to who you were before you decided that, you know, being pagan was the thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, stay true to that person and don't try and, and do too much. You know, again, do that research. Oh, man. Sorry. I just turned on my Twitter to, to check, you know, and see what responses we had gotten. Uh-huh. And my favorite hotel in Salem has a special rate of $89 tonight because the power is out in a lot of Salem. That's so sad. I wish I was in Salem to stay there. 
Sorry. I know that's completely off topic, but if you'll go down to Target, get I turned yourself, on Twitter because go to because go to Walmart, you. get some Calgon. <laughs> Will Calgon get me to Salem? I, I get, put it in your bath and say, "Take me Calgon, away." Calgon, take me to Salem. Uh, Namasani Mars, um, who I think, if I'm not mistaken, is actually going to be coming out with her own podcast very soon. She runs the Pagan by Nature blog. She's exceptionally intelligent, very, very funny, and thinks I hung the moon, which is somebody I feel should have a podcast. (laughs) Because we all need another podcast talking about how wonderful you are. Yeah. Well, you know, mine doesn't even talk about how wonderful I am, so somebody's got to do it. Well, somebody needs to talk to the producer of your show. (laughs) If only I had a producer. She says, number one, when you find good people in the community, keep in touch. Yes. Number two, your reputation is essential. Never lose it. I would say be, I would say being true to yourself is more important than your reputation, but I understand what she's saying. Well, I think she's saying the same thing. I mean, don't go doing something that is is not your authentic self. That you yes. know, if if five years down the road somebody were to come to you and say, "I heard what you did at you know such and such Starflower Festival," mm-hmm. don't be ashamed. You know, don't go out and doing stuff that in a couple of years you're going to be ashamed about. In other words, what you're saying is, don't have sex in the woods at a pagan gathering unless you want to own it. True. Okay. True. Just want to make sure we're being clear and concise. (laughs) Well, you know, just don't do things that you wouldn't want other, you know, you don't want coming back to bite you in the butt. Yes. So those are, I think, the best tips. Did you have anything from your top 10 things that newbie pagans need to know that we did not cover? Um... Just really just a couple of things. And we've kind of touched on one of them when we talked about etiquette. Um, But it's a good thing for newbies to know because not everybody even who's been around the community for a while knows this. Um, If you do meet up with other people and you are in their space, don't touch their stuff, their ritual stuff, without permission. Rocks, tarot cards, tools, that kind of thing. Just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's basic manners, but... A lot of basic manners have kind of gone along the wayside. Um, Don't think that you have to have somebody teach you. I mean, we've given you a lot of alternatives as far as other ways to learn things. Some people will tell you, oh, well, if you don't have a teacher, teacher, a physical person teaching you, then you don't know anything. Well, that's not true. And for the most part, the teacher teachers didn't learn from somebody. They learned it from a book. So don't don't believe that um and also don't only read books on wicca and witchcraft that that's one of my big tips read for, for learning and like researching history mythology science philosophy anthropology art languages look at other subjects other than just the new age section because the new age section is going to give you a lot of good information it's also going to give you a lot of bad information but it's not the only source for things that are going to be useful to you, not only in your spiritual practice, but also in your magical practice. This is the most awesome techno sound that we've ever heard. Hi, Corey. Hi, Firelight. Hi, Corey. Hi, Velma. How are you? I'm lovely because just, yes. it's, it's ever closer to September. It is ever closer. It is to ever September. closer to September. What's happening in September? The Pagan Podkin Supermoot 
a volume two. Numero dos. Uh, volume two. I like volume that. Volume two. <laughs> Can I just say that Corey's voice makes me happy? <laughs> Apparently it makes a couple of people happy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, now we're going back to the sex magic thing. Yeah, let's not get back into that. <laughs> we are we are doing a show right now. You are on the air live with Velma and Firelight. Um, <laughs> Shouldn't that be alphabetical, Firelight and Velma? You just want top billing. <laughs> and we when we are doing we're doing the newbie show. The newbie show. Yes. And we have just been talking about what other people have recommended, like their top three tips for newbies. What mm. are the three p- best pieces of advice that you would give to somebody who is just starting out on Bright, a Bright, shiny, baby pagan Selena Moonflower has just been born into the pagan community. What are the first three things she needs to do? Uh, get a good pair of reading glasses and put them to use. <laughs> a lot of reading. Don't believe everything you read. And do the stuff, as, as you guys so eloquently put it. See, I knew we liked you. We like you so much, Corey. And you're I so- like you guys. Aw. It's all about the love here. Damn it, oh, that's the wrong stop. show. <laughs> you're Excellent. Excellent. You're so eloquent and concise. No, that's another show, too. Um, <laughs> we have just spent, what, two and a half hours? Oh, an hour and 52 minutes. Saying what you just said in one sentence. See, yeah. there are so many other people who are so much more qualified to have this discussion than we are. The fact that we even have listeners constantly shocks me. It's amazing. I don't know what they're thinking. Hey, you know, you get thousands of people that run marathons, too, so I know. <laughs> so what you're, what you're saying is that people are stupid. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is you need, like, a Velma and Firelight, like, window decal. You know how they have the 26.2 decal? You need, like, a Witch's Brew haha decal saying, I listened to every episode. I, I've made it through, and I survived. <laughs> that's what we need. We need a little oval bumper sticker with FL colon VN. Yes. That's what we need. Yes. Make that's, that happen, Witches. That would be awesome. Make that happen. Oh, I think we just got a wonderful piece of information from uh, Saturn Dark Hope from Pennies in the Well. Uh-huh. Her number one tip to tell baby pagans: Yeah, don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> Is Saturn on medication again? <laughs> I think she might be. <laughs> if nothing else, she is at the bottom of a well, folks. She hasn't seen the light of day in quite some time. <laughs> well, she will also be joining us in September. Yes. Oh, no, I'm so excited. That's just going to be such a fantastic gathering. It's going to be so awesome. And Lane is coming this year. She didn't make it last year, but she's coming this year. We did give a shout out to Lane earlier in the show because the weather has sucked recently. Yes. And we would like to know what Lane plans on doing about that. Yes. I so, don't know. You guys stole all of our all of our rain, Firelight. You are, have you have you taken up boating yet? Um, you- I I am flooded in my house. I don't think I told Velma that yet. I was actually mopping up water all day long in, you know, I was inside my house. house. Yeah, I was wondering if your house had flooded. I saw the pictures that you tweeted of your outside. Uh, part of it did, yes. So, yeah. but but it is it is dry for the moment. But it, if we get another big powerful rainstorm like we did last night, which I hope we don't, um, yeah, it will it'll just happen right on all over again. Well, and apparently the tornadoes that went through Massachusetts they missed Oriah the Sphinx. But they, as far, my understanding is that they pretty much hit um, the neighborhood where um, Raven and Stephanie Grimasi live. And a lot of, a lot of their neighbors were. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So it's been really weird for weather. 
Weather's been terrible. Summer, yeah. I think the Nog possessed Lane and is making her do this. Something. I I don't know. It's a conspiracy. We'll have to ask the Nog at our yearly uh, Nog gathering. Yes. Well, as long as the weather is good in September. September 17th is number two, volume two of the uh, Pagan Podkin Supermoot. Numero dos. Who else have we got on the list? We've got the two of us and Corey and Lane. Mm -hmm. And Oriah the Sphinx is coming. She emailed me today. Mm -hmm. And let's see, who else have we got? Jillian Chase from Iron Kawaka. We have Velma Nightshade from Witches Brouhaha, Firelight, Inciting Oriah, Jillian Chase, Iron Kawaka, Oriah the Sphinx, Media Astra Octera, Scarlet, A Lakefront Pagan Voice, Saturn Dark Hope, Pennies in the Well, Christian Day from Hex Education. I think Lori Bruno will be there as well. Peter oh, Padden from the uh, the Crooked Path Seven Yay! Seven Sorry. from Magic and Mundane. No, she's not coming. She emailed me. I'm lying. She's not able to come. See, this is what happens when you just read the list. I was trying to come up, you know, do it from memory. Mojo and Sparrow, The Wiggly and Way, Corey Ooh! and Lane from New World Witchery, and Grey Wolf Moonsong from A Pagan Heart in Maine. That is huge. That is absolutely. We have a lot of people coming, huge. and there are still. Uh, yeah, oh, oh Kathleen! Uh, Kathleen is coming. Oh, she is coming. She is, she Kathleen is for sure. Borealis is Yay! coming. Yay! Kathleen Borealis, Borealis Meditation is coming. Yep. She's uh, the schedule that she worked out for her her job allows her to come. And I think glad she's going to be able. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I'm glad she's she's able to to tear herself away from Hawaii for a few days. Oh, I know. Isn't it just terrible for <laughs> well, her? Well, okay. For all okay, give like, cut her some slack. She's been living in Alaska. She deserves some nice, you know. Nice she chose to move to Alaska. Wah. Well, she also chose to move to Hawaii. Hello. Damn it. I look, I would be happy with both of those places. I would only really be happy with one. You know, I think I could do Alaska. I really do. I think I could live there. I could not yeah. do the winters. The winters I, of, of infinite night? No, thank no, you. I, th- I think I think that would be kind of cool, actually. I think D from Pagan FM is also coming. I know oh, she yes. invited some of us to go up and actually be on Pagan FM yes. the night before all of this. Do we know if starts. Chris Orapello is going to make the, the drive down? I think he's probably going to come for the day, but I don't know if he's going to be staying. So we don't we don't really know for but sure Chris yet. Chris will but probably be there on September 17th, the actual I would think so. And he's really close so i mean he's so you know, in that area that's like you know f- at least five podkin there yeah. um that's like 15 or 20 that's yeah. a, that's ricky a ton well oh, right ricky lacoste is a possibility still um so, we've not heard from him in a while yeah mm. we haven't we there's several people that we haven't heard back from yet and the cutoff is quickly coming yeah the so. cutoff podkin if you're listening to this which yes. of course you are of course of course um <laughs> The cutoff is mid uh, midsummer, which this year we're just going to say is June twenty second. Yes, I, I realize your tradition may continue. I your am the tradition, tradition of the ever of the ever increasing date for midsummer. My midsummer date is September sixteenth. Yes, um, we're calling that June twenty second, and we're putting the nice sweet name of midsummer on it. So yeah. June twenty second is your cutoff date. Yes. Uh, you've got a couple weeks left. And basically, basically, what that means is. For the for the podkin listening, and for those of you who are listeners, you probably remember last year when we talked about the awesome swag bags. Mm-hmm. If you are a podkin and you want a swag bag, I need to know by the twenty second of June that you're going to be coming. Now, if you are, you know, a podkin, or you come up with a podcast in the next couple of days, or you know, hey, maybe you're the ladies from the Witches You podcast, or or something like that, and then you all just decide sometime in August or September, hey, we want to go. You That's great. Come. Come on down. Come on yes. up. Let us know. 
that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have one of the hotel rooms with us. Try and get a hotel room close. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have a bag of swag with all of the swag things in it. Because there are people currently working right now to make the swag. Right this very minute as we speak. There, Actually, there is at least one person yes. that I know of. Uh, Mrs. Oddly uh, has some lovely things that are going to be going in the bags of swag. And she has already been making them for yes. a couple of months now. Yes, I am so excited about what Mrs. Oddly is contributing. Well, they are in the mail to me. I know, and I'm so jealous. Yes. I wish they were in the mail to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to see them. But not only that, we are going to be doing our meet and greet. And since you have the website up, you can give the time because I have forgotten now. Is it 11 to 1? Uh, sure. Uh, 11 to 1 at Omen. Yes. Omen. Yes, Christian Day's shop. Yep, which is on Essex Street, the main drag in Salem. And then later that day, what is it, 4 to 6? Something along those lines. Peter Patton is going to be doing a class. And I'm doing this off the top of my head, so if I screw this up, I'm sorry. Ritual um, but possession. Yes, about ritual possession, which sounds like a fascinating topic. Um, if, if you, you want to get on, on it, buy your tickets now, because that is a buy the tickets kind of thing. It is. And I have a feeling that with the number of podkin that are coming, it will probably fill up pretty quickly. So, because I have a feeling most of the podkin want to get How in How can that. they buy their tickets if they want to? Is that a go to Omen they website thing? They need to go thing? to SalemOmen.com, I believe. I think it's Salem Omen, not Omen Salem. It's one of the two. You can um, Google it. <laughs> you can Google it or you can just, I mean, just type in... The Google? Omen. It's either Omen Salem or Salem Omen. It's one or the other. Um, but you can go go to where it says classes, and then you can register for the class. And I don't remember. I think it's like $35, $40, something like yep. that. Um, but trust me when I say it is going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Because having seen all of the DVDs that Peter Patton has put out, um, having read his books, having listened to his podcast, The Crooked Path, this guy really knows what he's talking about, and Firelight's probably laughing at me right now because I'm a huge Peter Patton fan, and I freaked out when he said he was coming and, like, literally had permagrin for a week. And I think we're going to have another Jasmine Velma situation, <laughs> except this will be the Velma Peter situation. Well, yes, but see, in this case, I've actually already talked to him on the phone, which is just, you know... That I, doesn't I mean to... that you will not be stalking well, no. his hairbrush I, to I, take I home his precious, precious locks of hair. I will not be stealing his hairbrush, but... I'm a big fan Corey of him. Will. He is very, very knowledgeable about what of what he speaks, and I am really looking forward to this class. So if you're going to be able to come and hang out with us, do the meet and greet, stick around for the class as well if you possibly can, because it is definitely going to be something you're going to want to stick around for. Uh, Friday, the, just since we're talking about the agenda, that Friday, the day before Saturday, that's a podkin-only kind of thing. We will yes. be there in Salem. If you happen to see us on the street... We are not going to tell you not to come say hi, but um, we, you know, we're going to be doing our own thing. That's our, because you all get a chance to squee over us and we want a chance to squee over each other. Yes, exactly. So Friday is our personal squee day. Um, and then I think on Sunday. We are going officially. as a big fat group to the Eastern know? Massachusetts Pagan Pride Day. Do we know absolutely 100% that it is that day? It is that day. Okay. It is that day. They need to update their website. They if do. If you're listening to me, Eastern Massachusetts Pagan Pride Day people, please update your website because it makes me nervous that it doesn't say. Well, Corey is actually in charge of that website. So if you will well, tell him to please it. update that. 
That's that's a, that's a dirty lie, folks. Okay. Dirty nope. Lie. According to their according to their website, they have ju- they have updated it more since the last time I looked, September eighteenth, two thousand eleven. It is at Bradley Palmer State Park. Um, I don't know where that is, but it's in the area. We will figure it out. I we've have we've each got gyps GPS. now. <laughs> yes, we both have GPS, so we will not get horribly lost. <laughs> And and if I fly like a bat out of hell, that's exactly what I was just going to say. If you speed like a bat out of hell, I will not lose you, nor will I be the one getting pulled over. So, <laughs> oh goodness! So I can't wait for for September. I I I have been looking forward to it since last October. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be fantastic. I have been absolutely looking forward to it. We will get to see the nog again. Well, oh. not really. Unless you're bringing the Nog with you. Well, I'll be bringing the Nog communication device with me. Ah, uh, okay. So we will. Be the iNog. Do what? The iNog. The iNog. <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there is. There should be, though. There should, should be. We should create We should make one. an iNog. Corey. Fan. Oh, fan. <laughs> fan, get on that. It's going to be a wonderful time. And as much of, you know, the inside jokes that it will create that will frustrate the listeners to hell and gone. Um, That's it, why you it should will come be, so you can be part of the, the inside jokes. Exactly. It will be a great time for all of you listeners as well. Saturday, pretty much, we are at your disposal. We have Friday to ourselves. We have Sunday, mostly to ourselves. We'll be in a public place. But Saturday, we are really there for you to meet you to talk to you you know so definitely if you are in the area or if you can be in the area come to salem if you've never been before it is someplace you probably want to have been once in your life this is a good time to come and have your once in a lifetime trip with the podkin yes i i I think it's going to be absolutely amazing now we do have to do a little bit of personal pimping right now i know that you have probably been listening to this for about seven hours (laughs) At least. But Velma and I are dumb enough to have decided to do something else together. Yes. We are writing a baby. We are writing a book. That's my baby. I thought we were going to build a boat. (laughs) What? Build a boat? Sure, why not? Okay. We have to get to Glastonbury somehow. (gasps) Oh. Okay. I don't know if you all have listened to episode 53 of Inciting a Riot, but I did a wonderful interview with Signe Pike. Mm-hmm. which made Corey doubly jealous because not only have I interviewed her once, I've interviewed her twice and he's interviewed her nunth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, in it, she is actually offering, I think there's four spots left uh, to go to Glastonbury. It's at the end of June. I realize it's very late, but uh, there's all sorts of information for that on signepike.com, S-I-G-N-E-P-I-K-E.com. Um, it's at an exceptionally reduced rate. I mean, I realize that, you know, still traveling to Glastonbury is still going to be a little bit expensive and it's, it's probably going to, you know, eat into your vacation time. But if you can go, 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 you will not take lots of pictures and send them to me. I will hate you for all of eternity, (laughs) but I will probably be trying to go next year because they, she, she's, she tried really hard to get me to go this year and I really, really wanted to, but unfortunately. So what kind of event is this? I mean, is it just go to Glastonbury and have a beer or, I mean, I'm just. No, they, they are going to all of the fairy sites, like all of the sacred sites in the Glastonbury area. They're actually staying at the Chalice Well. Mm -hmm. 
And so they will be on Glastonbury and they're going to see all of the fairy sites. They're going to see all of the Avalonian sites, the Arthurian sites and all of that. So it is a big sightseeing tour for anybody that is into any sort of Celtic mythology. If you love the legend of King Arthur, if you happen to go by the pagan witchy name of Morgan Le Fay Moonfry, <laughs> you may want to find out where the whole legend of Morgan Le Fay came from. Do they go to, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the town, where the round table is? Not a clue. Camelot? No. <laughs> no, there's an, actual, there's an actual place in England, and I cannot remember the name of the town to save my life, where they have, okay, it's not the real round table, but it's a replica of what the round table supposedly would have looked like. And when I was in England, I went there and I saw that and it was incredibly cool and it was in like this castle thing. And I was just wondering if that was part of the part I, of the trip. I don't know all of the places. That there, there is more information, however, at signeypike.com. <laughs> but we are writing a book. And we need your help to write that book. Yes, please. Because we are not creative enough to come up with topics on our own. No. No. Otherwise, it's going to be a book of one idea and a lot of babbling. Oh, yes. Kind of like this. Kind of like this, If yeah. you don't want our book to t- end up being this, <laughs> please Please, help. for the love of God, please help us. <laughs> what we are asking is for you to send in your questions. Questions about the divine. Questions about how to do spells. Questions about the tables of correspondence. Questions about how to be pagan. Questions about places to buy stuff. Questions about anything relating to being pagan, pagan society, pagan permaculture, pagan... Anything witchy. Anything even remotely witchy. Yes. Send it to us. Yep. We want to know about it because we want to answer the questions because we... Are gluttons for punishment. Yeah. Incitingabruhaha at gmail.com. That is the email address to send us your questions, comments, gripes, and complaints. Address all gripes and complaints to Velma. Address all positive feedback to Firelight. Bitch. I get far too much negative feedback on my own show. I don't need it from our show. See, well then stop asking for gripes and complaints. (laughs) I guess I could ask for riots, but then I would get a mob outside of my house. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want that either. No. I could ask for Corey's. If I asked for a Corey, would I get a Corey? Hamer Feldman. What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them's dead, so... (laughs) (laughs) um so yes but send in your your uh emails we would love to answer those they will go in the book um we may take on some of the questions as as topics for later shows but uh we are definitely going to be putting them all into the book yep and we do have a few already stacked up but we want more yes so uh before we wrap up are there any podcasts that anybody's been listening to any underrated podcasts or new podcasts that we want to pimp out you know, I haven't even listened to podcasts in the last six weeks. My brain has flipped off. And that's completely. because you're a terrible person. I know. I am. I really am. Uh, Corey, how about you? Listen to anything fun lately? I've been listening to nothing but slave narratives and uh, exposition on African American history. Excellent. For you are useless as well. Well, you are I would such like. such a wild child. <laughs> I would like to pimp out Standing Stone and Garden Gate, please. Fair enough. Not new. No, but it's. I think it's underrated. I don't think it, it's never really high up there on Podcast Alley. And I, you know, we do that underrated shows. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I think you need to listen to it. It's it's by somebody I, that has PhD after his name. I do think it's an awesome show. 
It is an awesome show. It's called Standing Stone and Garden Gate. You can find it at uh, stonegatepodshow.com, I think. Uh, It has 31 episodes as of this recording, so there's a lot to listen to. .net, I think, actually. Just Google. (laughs) Standing Stone and Garden Gate podcast. I'm sure it'll come up. Yes. And also, um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it right now. But Brendan Myers also wrote a book. I think he's written several books, but he wrote... Unloneliness... No, was it the a, a Pagan Testament? Yeah, Pagan Testament. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called, but I've read it. I love it. It's yeah, awesome. Wrote, Everybody needs to read his book. Yeah, he wrote A Pagan Testament, The Other Side of Virtue, and then his newest one was something called, like, On Loneliness. Oh, The Other Side of Virtue. Yeah. Yes. That was his latest one, right? No, his latest one is the one on loneliness. Oh. Loneliness. That sounds, that sounds really happy. You know, another new podcast that sounds really happy is the No Apologies Satanism podcast. <laughs> I have not listened to that one. I've not either, but the title alone, and it has this big inverted pentacle with 666 on it that has the head of, of oh, the goat dude. Baphomet. Yeah, Bath- uh, yeah, Baphomet. Um, I, I am not a bad pagan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got this, like, you know, very, like, in your face icon and it's called the no apology satanism podcast so i'm sure that's a very friendly good time show well you know to each their own if that's what does it for them yippee well i think we've probably run the course of the show about an hour ago the ground i think it's i think it's been over for about an hour so i think we shall sign off thank you Corey, for um giving us do you have any final uh you know here's what here's my big time book here's my big time music suggestion any final suggestions any words of wisdom for the newbie pagan witches no just read a lot and and you know don't and take it all with a grain of salt you know if they want to listen to your fabulous fabulous show where can you be found we are at newworldwitchery.com are you on the twitter or the facebook uh I am unaffi- I, we've never pimped out my uh, my Twitter account, but oh. uh, if they want to, they can find me. I am at C T S L U N A, and I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's C T S Luna. C T S Luna. And do you, is your is your compass and, uh, compass and key Etsy shop still up? Uh, it's it's currently closed. We're going to do a soft reopening in July, and then a hard reopening at the end of summer. I will just skip over the soft and hard analogy. So where? <laughs> We like to ease people into it, Firelight. Ease people Gentle. into it. Okay. okay, moving on. Come on. So what is the Etsy address? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I believe it's just compassandkey.etsy.com. Compassandkey.etsy.com. And the, the and is not an ampersand. It's actually spelled out, correct? No, no, no. It's just compassandkey.etsy.com. No, no, that's what I mean. It's it's compass and key all spelled out, not an ampersand. Oh, yes, sir. It's just a compass and key. Excellent. Uh, all one word. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out at the end of July, or if you want the hard rollout, check it out in August. (laughs) There's a bunch of new shows out. There are a bunch of new shows out. I just opened up iTunes, and there's like four or five that I've never even heard of. Velma, you can't take on new podcasts because you don't listen to the old podcasts. You're not allowed. (laughs) Bitch. Whore. (laughs) (laughs) Skank. (laughs) Firelight 2. Velma won. Oh, now I'll get hate mail because I said something about you. And you'll get triumphant, joyous mail because you said something about me. That's what <laughs> and, will happen. And that is the way the world works. Now, until next time, witches, until we, we do have to let you go. Yes. Because we're done. We yes. are very, very done. We've been done for like 45 minutes. We've been very, very noticed. done. 
So thank you all for sticking with us. Thank you all so much for downloading yeah. Lucky Episode 13. Thank you so much to Corey for joining us. Thank yeah. you, guys. So we will leave you as we always do by saying later, witches. Later. Later. <laughs>